Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Thursday Night's Triumph Over Targeting podcast. I'm your moderator, Ella, and tonight we have a very, very, very special guest, one close to my heart, Vulcan Wolverine, um, also known as Kyle. If you are new to the call, please stay on and we will get you some support, some additional talk show podcast numbers, and some helpful links and websites. This is a solutions and educational-based podcast, but the views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own personal views and opinions. My goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, or especially if you are in need of additional support, please don't hesitate to email me at tiangel2016 at gmail.com. Again, that's tiangel2016 at gmail.com. So thank you, Kyle. I know this was very last minute, so I'm really happy that you were able to come on and agree to be interviewed. I think... You know, a lot of times with moderators and, and other people out there busy in the activist uh, field, um, we don't know a lot about them, you know, or maybe you've told your story a long time ago, but we have a whole new crop of new people. So I thought this would be a good opportunity for everyone to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, and uh, thank you, Elle, for having me on. And, you know, it's not a big deal that it's kind of on the fly because that's pretty much just how I do everything. You know, uh, I am Kyle, or a.k.a. Vulcan Wolverine on YouTube. Uh, when I do YouTube videos, they're they're pretty much on the fly. Just if I have an idea to you know show a certain article uh, that a TI wrote or um, information or a testimonial or just what's going on in my life, I kind of pick pretty quick. So uh, so no problem, you know. Um, Great. So, well, I guess I'm always curious about like I I understand you live in the South and so you're a Southern mm-hmm. boy. Um, so you mm-hmm. were raised in the South as well? Yeah, uh, I born and raised in Louisiana, um, you know, all my life. And I did go to Texas, uh, to University of Texas in Austin. Uh, got okay. my, I got my BS in radio television in 2003. And then I wor- went to work for a, a very, very well-known computer company in Texas for about... Uh, um, and y'all know it's, it's Dell, you know, um, you know, so, so I did spend a lot of time in Texas and then I kind of wanted to start, uh, my story of targeting when I came back from Texas, like I, I finished up working at Dell. I kind of want to start, uh, it, it was about 2010, late 2010 or 2011 that uh-huh. I returned to Louisiana uh, from from college at Texas and then working at Dell, and that's when I realized that I was being externally affected by. It. Oh wow! And how did but you then know? I, um, well, it was you know about a year before I started hearing the high pitched sound. Um, my neighbor, he was an older older gentleman, um, and he would okay. So I'd wake up in the morning uh, to go to the bathroom, and when I'd walk in 
would start running his water. So there was someone, I thought he was hearing me like walk across the floor of the apartment, and he would also come out at the same time as me. So like if I was leaving early in the morning, he would come out at the exact same time, or if I went to go get my mail, he would be there. And it was generally that gentleman. Uh, and about, a, about, I guess about eight months after that kind of weird stuff started, um, then, boom, one day, that high-pitched tinnitus sound, uh, started hearing that so badly that I had to, like, lay down on the couch. I was, like, trying to just go everywhere to get away from it in, in the apartment. Um, and, and so that's when I knew that somebody was hitting me with something. But I had no right. idea that it was, was a large program, that other people were being hit by it. Um, you know, and, and it was about two months in this apartment that he was, I mean, I was being hit with that high-pitched sound to where it was like burning my head. My head felt like it was going to burst open. I'd, I'd go to the back room. I'd go to the front room to lay on the couch, and I would hear it everywhere. Uh, it did but sound it like... Was, well, what I initially thought it was, because there was an ex-Marine younger man and then that older man who lived by me. And so I thought, hey, this older guy has figured out something. He's He's got some equipment from this ex-Marine, like some kind of communications equipment, or he's he's got something that he just kind of uh, put together, and it's emitting some kind of high-pitched sound right at my head. Um, so I started studying, like I went to Radio Shack, uh, and I, I looked up online um, high-pitched sounds, and I found this thing called the Mesquite, uh, which they use overseas in parking lots uh, to get loiters to go away like late at night, and it emits kind of a high-pitched sound, uh, but really only a certain age hears that. It's like uh, from from the age of 12 to the age of like 18 at the latest, they hear that high-pitched sound, but then your your ear loses that. Like, your ear loses that to hear certain frequencies of sound. So I thought that he was using something like this, something he got from the ex-Marine that lived by him. Um, you know, I wasn't sure, but I thought it was, I thought it was they had cobbled something together, and this was a, just a vendetta against me. Um, you know, I thought it was specifically for me to get me out of that apartment. Right. I see. Um, so you thought it was to do with they wanted your, your apartment? Well, not that they wanted the apartment, but that they just wanted me out of that area. I um, see, but, yeah. Because, you know, I, I was, like, I was playing music late at night. Um, I was I, I, I was kind of rude, you know, because this guy got up in the morning, ev- really early every morning to go to work, and I would play I would play loud music late at night, and I wasn't thinking about the people around me. Um, right. So looking back on that, I really was, it It would have been annoying. Um, but he never came and said anything to me about it. He never said, you know, uh, can you turn down your music or anything like that. It was just the harassment started, um, and then that high-pitched noise started one day, and then didn't stop unless I would leave. When I would leave, um, it would stop. It would stop. But it would, the high-pitched sound would, okay, it would be in my ears, and then it would kind of taper off. So now I know what they were is they were trying to make me think, because I had this thought in my head that, okay, my ears are trying to heal when I'm away from it. So I'm hearing the sound, and then it's tapering off. But now I realize what they were doing is, I guess they were remote neural monitoring me at the time 
they knew kind of what I was thinking about what was going on. So that I was I was thinking that my ears were just healing up. Like it was an after ring, uh, an after ring effect from what they were doing. Uh, and then when right. I did, it was very, very weird. Um, just you, didn't really have just, you, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. I just wanted to ask no, you, no, no, at no, that no. point, did you, did you know a lot about targeting, about technology? Had you researched? How in-depth was your research at that point? At that point, like it was two months in that apartment of that high-pitched sound. Um, I knew nothing about it. I, I thought that maybe it was some kind of device like the mosquito device that this older man had gotten a hold of or, you know, some kind of something they used in the Marine Corps uh, overseas that they, like, kind of, uh, the, the guy stole and brought back with him. And it was just right. specifically, you know, revenge on me to get me out of those apartments. So I, I did end up in, in you know, two months of just straight hell, and I was going to extended stays and talking to the apartment manager, trying to get moved. Um, you know, I went to my parents, and I would still hear the high-pitched sound, but like I said, it would it would act differently. When I went to the apartment, it would just be, it would be constant, very loud. And one night I remember going back to the apartment to get some stuff, and it was really, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. I went to take a bath in the apartment. What What it felt like is that this older man got right behind my head while I was in the bathtub and had this emitter and was just emitting that high-pitched sound to where it felt like nerves in the back of my neck were just becoming unraveled and, and just pounding in my head. I mean, it was so bad. And then when I moved away from that point, you know, it got a little bit less, but it was like he would, it, it, it seemed, this is what it seemed like to me, it seemed like he would take these emitters and then it would take a little while. Um, and then when I'd go to, like, sleep with my parents, I would hear it uh, a lot less, and then it would taper off. So in my head, I was thinking, okay, this is damaging my ears. And so that high-pitched ringing sound, when I leave here, it's staying in my ears, but, but it's it's healing up. You know, it's right. healing up when I leave the place. Um, and then after after two months of that, I finally got my apartment manager to agree to move me down the way in the same apartment complex. Which now, if I if I would have known the full scope of of this program and how they maybe maybe move to another state right away. Yeah, um, we are losing. But, we're losing words huh? here and there. So far, it's still making. Okay, sense. yeah. I'm sorry. My attackers are probably going to do that. What 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 do you need me to repeat? Um. I, well, I, just after two months, um, I talked to my apartment manager. And I, she agreed to move me to another place in in the apartments, in the same complex. And at that time, I still did not know what I was involved in. You know, I still did not know what they were doing. I thought, I still thought it was just they're trying to get me out of the area. Let me get out of that area. I'll get out of that area, and they'll stop doing it. Um, but what happened is I moved down the way to an apartment on the lower level, um, I had, you know, I think I had about two weeks of nothing, of nothing, no high pitch sound, no nothing, no anything. Um, and then one day uh, it started again, and it seemed like it was coming from right above me. And I had one of their girlfriends staying right above me. 
Uh, one day I was walking out, and I'm not sure if I was supposed to hear this or if I just heard this, um, you know, uh, by chance. But the younger man, he was trying to get into the army, and he said, "Well, I'm trying to get into the army." He was talking to one of his friends on the balcony, and he said, "And and that he said that guy's an ex-marine. I'm obviously going to listen to him. I don't know this other guy." So I took that as that they had moved the over and above me uh, with these guys. And now what changed then, because I had been hearing the high-pitched sound, but I had been hearing nothing like V2K, nothing at all, no voices or anything like that. It was just that high-pitched sound. felt like it was just burning my nervous system sometimes, like all the way down from my head, my neck, and my back. Um, but then when I moved into the other part of the apartment, and can you hear me, Ella? Yes, I can hear you, yes. Okay, okay. Um, I, I moved to the other, like another apartment in the same apartment complex, um, and I saw I was still hearing the high pitch sound. And it was like they were shooting something. I was getting the high pitch sound, and I was getting like like burning to my face. Um, but I kind of just thought, you know, I thought it was uh, some kind of some kind of high pitch thing that was just making all of my muscles tense up. And I still did not know, you know, that it was some kind of targeting program. But the weird thing that happened there is I would think that I could hear the people above me uh, talking about it. And, like, the the the, uh, the girlfriend that lived there, she would come out for work in the morning, and I'd usually still be up because I was just getting tortured and I couldn't sleep. Um, and she uh, she would say something like, I'm going to turn the, the high-pitched sound would just turn completely off. It's like she was switching something off. The high-pitched sound would disappear. Um, and then she would leave really, really slowly. Um, and then, uh, like, what happened, I stayed about eight, about eight months there, and, you know, I was throwing a tennis ball up, up at the floor above me, you know, saying, stop, stop attacking me, stop attacking me, you know, because I thought that it was just ground weapons hitting me uh, from their apartment. Um, I talked to my dad about it, you know, because I had talked to him about what was happening uh, for the two months in when it, when the high pitch sound first started. Um, he helped me to get moved to that other place, but we thought that it would stop then. So I had to, like, after probably about a month of it happening there, so two weeks break with nothing, uh, then another month with uh, a month with the high pitch sound. I didn't know I was getting V2K yet, but I probably was because I thought it was my name. I thought I could just hear them talking. Um, but I, I, I went I went ahead and I told my dad again. I started trying to get out of that apartment, but because I was on this lease for like another eight months, it was I would have lost all that money. So I kind of had to stick it out there, stayed in extended stays. I had you know I had a pretty good job then uh, working for Dream Day Foundation, which St. Jude, um, so, you know, um, like, it wasn't hard to spend some money on extend, extended stays and staying with What happened there, though, and I'm not sure, I'm not, I don't know exactly the timeline, but within that eight months, and I think it was about maybe, hello? Oh, I just, I'm sorry, I had a question. What foundation was it? The uh, Dream Dream Day Foundation. It's uh, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, Dream Day Foundation in in uh, Louisiana, and uh, you know I was writing grants and 
just helping my mom with like everything. Like she's the executive director or she was the executive director. And I would just do like pretty much everything in the office and write grants. And, you know, uh, she was also, we, well, she, she had a, a a contract, a 501c3. And so she was contracting, uh, to work with the, uh, Braddock It's the, uh, Baton Rouge area alcohol, uh, basically the alcohol center alcohol and drugs center uh so we were helping them you know we were making money for them and doing um you know fundraisers and stuff for them and doing doing saint jude um and you know while um and it was weird because i had this job i knew i was being attacked at the apartment um but i thought that i thought what was happening when i left is that i was just tired and hurt from what had happened to me when they were shooting the ground weapons at me. It all. Uh, but after about six months, what happened was I was in Walgreens, and uh, and this is after, you know, I'd go to some extended stays, and I thought that I would hear the people above me talking. And it seemed like the same, it seemed like the same number of people who I heard was at the apartment, like the, the three younger people. Uh, so I would move in in the the extended stay, and I would still hear them above me. And I still, you know, I I just, you know, you're not looking for this stuff in your life. You're not, you don't know that this stuff exists. So so I was like, well, I just I'm, I'm starting to hear people above me. My hearing must be affected, and now my hearing must be really sensitive to where I'm hearing people above me. But about six months after a stay in that new apartment, I was in a Walgreens one day, and this was the moment. This was the moment, and I remember it vividly. I was in the Walgreens, and I, I just came in. I just walked in, and I think I was walk, looking at some magazines right when you walk in. I heard those same three people above me in the Walgreens. And that's when it clicked. I said, they have some kind of remote thing. Uh, that, that ex-Marine guy must have given them some kind of equipment, and they just have this, this equipment that's used in the Army, for communications or sending radio signals or something, and that's what they're doing to me. Still didn't, still hadn't uh, seen anything about targeted individuals or organized gang stalking or anything like that. Um, so I knew that it was remote at that time. But I stayed at that, I stayed in that apartment at the end of 2011. No, probably about, probably about a couple months into 2012. And that's when I moved to a house that my mom had found, um, and and you know I was gonna you know uh, do a do a lease to buy from her uh, and keep working. So I really getting away from it then. I was, this is a horror. The the young kid that ended up. Let me let me uh, kind of finish in that apartment. The younger kids had left any kind of talking to the management, and they owed all this money. It was very very weird. Very weird. The guy next to me on the floor had, had his place had been broken into numerous times. Um, so I'm not sure if they were trying to set me up or what. Um, and there's a lot of little stories that go into living in that apartment because I had no idea what was going on, and I think they were really trying to get me to do something crazy. Um, but so those young people left, and I did uh, have have to stay. I think like two more months after they left before I could move into that house. Um, and at that time, I still heard the high-pitched sound. But what I thought 
this is at the time, I thought that the, the guy next to me on the on the ground floor or the lady above, that they had given uh and so they were hitting me uh you know with ground weapons that's that's what i thought at this at now i know that i was being hit remotely and they were trying to make it sound like it came from them but what they did is they they made it a lot lower and they they made it kind of go away uh every once in a while so that it seemed like a different person would have been doing it uh so that was their tactic there but then i then i moved into the house uh with weird i would still kind of hear high pitch sounds sometimes and especially if i turned on my computer it would have this loud tinny sound um that you know i didn't know but the v2k was gone like the v2k that i heard above me i heard in the walgreens for three months, i was in this new house not hearing any v2k something weird's going on with my ears but i thought they were still healing right um then one night it starts to get worse. It's not getting better. The the high pitch sounds isn't getting better. It's getting worse. So I'm like, okay, maybe maybe they maybe they got the neighbors over here to do it when I moved over here, you know, because I knew by then that, that that my neighbor after three months I knew he was ex army, um, so I knew him or or came over and just asked him like the ex marine guy came over and said, hey, you're ex army, you know, will you harass this guy for us? Still, and this is after two months, eight months. How, how long is that? That's in that's a year. It took me about a year and a half to find out that that I was in a larger world of targeted individuals. Um, but so for three months, no V2K. Uh, I had the tinny sound in my ears. But then I decided to move over to the other side of the house just in case this ex-army guy was helping them. When I moved over to the other side of the house. Uh, it's like they switched the ground equipment to the the uh, Hispanic gentleman. There was a, a house with like a bunch of like I think four Hispanic gentlemen in it. The high pitch sound became unbearable, and it became uh, it became obviously like it was coming from their house. It was it was just very very obvious. Um, you know, I look back and I'm like maybe it was remote, but I think that at that time they were hitting me with ground weapons as well as remote. Uh, as as well as like you know the signals from the cell phone towers, but I I heard it from that side uh, and knew and knew uh, that that I was being hit, so I freaked out. I freaked out because you know I thought I had gotten away from it in those apartments. I ran outside. I ran outside to the other side to the ex army guy's house, and this was like kind of noonish. It was noon in the day, and I started banging a log on the ground going not again are y'all doing this to me again and the the mother because there's the ex-army guy his wife and they had two daughters she comes running out of the house crying saying i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry and this was a very very nice lady uh very nice lady she's like i'm sorry i'm sorry and she was like crying because i think that they were doing something she thought that it would end there what ended up happening is, is uh, the sheriff came out, uh, the guy, the, the ex-army guy came home, uh, and my dad came in. And so we had this little kind of talk, and I was like, I'm hearing a high-pitched sound from y'all's house, uh, and I don't know what it is. And he was like, mm, I don't hear any high-pitched sound. Uh, it could be, my, uh, it could be my washing machine or something like that. 
and his wife looked so uncomfortable. Like she looked like she was on, but she didn't say anything, and she was crying. And she, when she came running out, she was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Like saying she's sorry for something to me, and I'm beating a a, a log onto the ground, you know, kind of in the middle, not at their house, but in the middle. Um. So the sheriff goes away, and, you know, I, I couldn't prove that they were doing anything. They said they would check their appliances and stuff like that. Then after that incident, at, right after that incident, probably a week later, um, I got the high-pitched sound where I knew that I was being attacked with the high-pitched sound, and I got voices. I got voices from their house, and it, se- it the direction was coming from their house, and it seemed like, it seemed like the ex-army guy and his wife talking about it. Where his wife was saying, "I don't, he didn't do anything. Why are we doing this?" And he was like, "We got to do this. We got to get him out of here. We got to get him out of here." That was the big, kind of the big thing for the V2K. Now at that point, even though I knew, like in that Walgreens, that, that there was some kind of radio signal to my head, even then, with that, with hearing their voices like that, I still thought that I was just hearing their voices from their. I would not believe it that voice came into my head. Would not believe it. Uh, it took me. It took me till I actually looked. Well, actually, no. It was before I found out that I was a targeted individual. Uh, but let's. You know, I, I have a hard time with the timeline. But it's like, okay, so I moved in that house in 2012. Three months. Uh, didn't know any. Didn't hear any V2K. Didn't know I was being attacked, but somebody was slowly attacking me with the high pitch sound. And after the three months, it, it just it ramps. I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. Probably a month. I'd say a month or a month and a half later. Um, I I started really studying. I was like, on here, you know, I had cars going by. Like I would walk out of my house maybe at three in the morning to go to the convenience store. And I would have like three white cars drive by. I'd have cabs kind of coming out when I was out. I would, um, you know, see caravans of cars. Um, just really, really, really weird stuff. Uh, and also, uh, I saw a lot of uh, authoritative vehicles like uh, city police and sheriffs when I was driving around town. I would see those those types of vehicles. So, uh, you know, probably about about a month and a half after that incident, um, with the sheriff and everything, uh, that's when I got online and I put in um, put in high frequency, and then somehow I found electromagnetic frequency from that, um, and then I put in high pitch electromagnetic frequency, and I came across the first YouTube video uh, of the person, the the first YouTube TI that I saw was Timothy Trespass. And he had a video, uh, yeah, he had a video under um, high pitch electromagnetic frequency where he just he played this high pitch sound um, that was that was that sounds like the tinnitus sound kind of. Um, and from there, I just started watching, you know, to kind of figure out what was going on. Then I, I found the patents and everything like that. Um, and probably, I'd, I'd say only about two weeks later, uh, because I was getting hit really, really hard with the high pitch sound. Uh, the the body shots, I didn't know that they had started by then, but, but I, I started to become aware of those. And then the V2K, mainly, it was mainly this guy and his wife talking, or I thought it was them. 
uh, you know, um, her arguing and saying, stop this, you know, you're killing him, he's a good person, the the uh, army guy going, no, we got to get we got to get him out of here. He's dangerous. Uh, blah blah blah. Um, but that's when I started making YouTube. So it was around probably the end of 2012, 2013. Um, probably about the middle of 2012 uh, is when I started making Did you videos. Um, 2012. So when you started putting them up, did, were you getting a decent amount of views or people reaching out to you at that point? Yeah, I actually, you know, I'd probably get about 50 views, uh, you know, 50 views in a week. It wasn't, it wasn't that great. You know, it wasn't like now I'll put out a video and in mm -hmm. a day I'll get a hundred views, but I was getting, you know, I was probably getting a hundred views in a week and then, you know, it'd go yeah. to like 300 after a couple of weeks. So, you know, still getting, getting some, some pretty good views on the videos I was putting out. Uh also one of the one of the first um target individuals that I saw on YouTube was named William the Bastard. Um and now he talked about it, he talked about gang stalking and he talked about the electronic harassment. Some of his theories didn't really mesh with me. Um, you know, I think he was a little bit off in left field on some of them. But what I loved was that he made these like hour and a half videos of him just talking about it and just talking about what's going on with him and you know talking about what he thought was going on. So that really hit me because it made me feel not alone. I had felt so alone for for these years where the tinnitus sound started. Then every you know for that year and a half, I felt like I was the only person in the world. You know, I I, I thought that they had cooked up something and. Uh, you know, the the ex-Marine had some equipment. Also, the, the manager at the apartment complex was married to a guy from Capital City Ultrasonics. So uh, that company actually has equipment that uses electromagnetic frequencies to look through, uh, like, um, pipes and stuff like that. So I thought it was that these people were annoyed by me in that apartment, um, you know, and, and, and they were just doing it with with personal equipment maybe with some equipment that they that the guy should have been using at work mixed with this ex-marines equipment you know i had no idea that they were special weapons uh you know made uh specifically to target us um to electronically torture us um i kind of forgot where i was going with that but oh yeah but william the bastard he made long videos uh really long videos so i said i want to do that i want to make TIs can watch me talk about my situation and what I think's going on and, you know, what I'm going through and, you know, um, and, and that'll comfort them. That'll make them feel not so alone, you know. So that, that, that's the first uh, TI that I saw who made these long videos, and I said, that's, that's what I want to do, you know, because I think we're going to get somewhere with that. And um, we're also going to, you know, TIs that are thinking about maybe committing suicide or, uh, you know, TIs that are just like, I don't know anybody who's going through this. I want it to get out there to them. You know, and I actually had targeted individuals, you know, uh, commenting on the thing or sending me emails saying, you know, I, I had, I think I had a couple who said, you know, I was going to commit suicide, but I watched your videos and I felt not so alone. So, you know, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. There were a lot that said, you know, there were a lot that said, um, 
well, they, they said, you know, it makes me just feel not so isolated. Sometimes I'll just play your videos in a loop while I sleep so I can be with somebody who's going through what I'm going through. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, that that's that's when it, it started to get really important for me making videos. Now, at that time, I was still calling the police out almost every two weeks. I was calling the police out. I had zoned in on that neighbor because he was ex-army. The the lights on the left side of his house were always on, and there it was him, his wife, and they had two two daughters, and they had a whole room empty on the left side near my house. So there was a lot of weird stuff going on. And and actually one day, uh, you know, it, I'm having a hard time with the timeline. But I, one day I was walking around the house, and I was getting hit in the head so hard. Um, and I walked yeah. around the house, and I saw a directed energy weapon in his window. Square front, it was like a black, sleek weapon that, that was on his shoulder. Um, and it was like pointed at me, like with a square front. So it was a, it was a mm-hmm. microwave weapon. Looking back, I think I was supposed to see that. I don't think he made a mistake. I think that I was supposed to see that ground weapon because they wanted me to think everything 24 hours a day was coming from the people on the sides of me, the the Hispanic gentleman's <laughs> house and the, the Army gentleman's house. They wanted me to believe that everything 24 hours a day, the V2K, the burning, uh, you know, the high-pitched noise, it was all coming from them, which now I look back and I think that they were they were supplementing whenever they'd come home from work on the weekend and stuff like that. But the 24-hour day stuff at that point, I think, had been moved to uh, been moved to completely remote. And they were doing this program. That I think the V2K 24 hours a day was not uh, that guy and his wife. I think maybe they got their voices from phone calls, or they either uh, volunteered their voices. Um, but, but then I was, I was part of the, you know, um, the larger program and I'm not sure when that started. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it was the whole time, uh, you know, even when it first started, uh, still trying to kind of figure out how things worked, how the ground weapons fit in, how the, the remote, you know, cell hits from cell phone towers fit in, still kind of trying to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I that in that house I've gone through the most trauma uh during all of it probably. Uh where they it would feel like they were burning half my body. Um I started to uh you know, I made I made this huge enclosure in my my kitchen with corrugated steel and painted both sides with aluminum paint. Painted all the walls inside and out of the house with aluminum paint. Uh put corrugated steel up against the walls. Um, I was also buying um, a lots of Q-Wave $500 plates because I had a good job. I had good income, so I'd buy like one every month, um, you know, and, and also buying Q-Wave Defenders, which it seemed, it seemed at the time, like I put them right up against that neighbor's house, the, the, the ex-Army guy. Uh, put them right up against his house, and it seemed like they would try and get a frequency to hit me, and then it would attenuate out. But I'm not sure now. I'm not sure if if that was part of my hyper game theory, where they were trying to make me think that they would work, so I'd keep buying more. You know, um, also you know buying Q Wave defenders then, but a lot of defenses. But 
at this time I was calling, I probably called the police out, you know, the city police, uh, once every two weeks. And I, and I told the police, I was like, um, you know, my neighbor is hitting new age taser. It's some kind of, it's a high pitched sound. He's, he's shooting it from his house to my house. Um, you know, and, um, they would they'd usually laugh. They some of them took a report, uh, but one actually the last one that I talked to, uh, he walked over, talked to the neighbor, and walked through the house and walked through his house, and he said, uh, you know, my he said my father was ex army too, and he said that guy's not doing anything to you, and he said if you ever call me again, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you in jail. So I, I called the police a lot. Like, uh, probably about, I guess, like 10 times in a couple of months. Um, but that was the last time because the guy threatened to, to, to lock me up if I ever called again. Um, that's when I started making reports with the FBI. I was calling the FBI once a week. The FBI told me that they would, they would go ahead and investigate it, uh, but they could not tell me where that investigation would lead, and they couldn't give me any results ever on the investigation. They said that they would investigate if anything was going on. Uh, so I thought, well, at least they're going to be watching this. You know, if these people are surveilling me and hitting me with, you know, directed energy weapons, and by that time I knew I was part of a program. You know, I knew that this was a lot of other people were experiencing it. I knew that it was, you know, they were getting money to do this. I didn't know how, how prominent it was and how big it was and how how organized from the DOD but I knew that certain military guys were doing it and probably making money. Um, so um, I, I called the FBI a couple of times every week. Um, wasn't really getting anywhere with that. So I ended up calling the uh, inspector general. Uh, the inspector general is the person that's over all of the city police. Um, so I called the inspector general and I said, you know, uh, my neighbor is hitting me with some, he's harassing me all the time, you know, and I, let me, let me go back a little bit. Uh, there was a day that I was walking in my backyard, um, and my neighbor, like, kind of said hello from his fence, and he had his army jacket on, and his, you know, crew cut and everything, fat face, um, and I, I walked over to him, that was supposed to be a joke, it, it wasn't supposed to sound that bitter, I hope it didn't, but, um, <laughs> But I walked over to him, and his and his wife was just acting so. She was standing off, like behind him, just looking like she did not want to be there. And he was just like he was kind of smiling, he was smirking, and uh, he goes, he goes, I just wanted to tell you a story. He said, I want to tell you a story. Uh, one time I had this dog, and it kept barking, 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 and uh, you know, one of my friends said, you need to get that dog an electric collar. I got the dog an electric collar, you know, and it, when it would bark, I would electrocute it. Like, this is a story he brought me over to his fence to tell me. He said, and when, whenever, uh, you know, whenever that dog would bark, I would just electrocute it. You know, it stopped barking. I mean, this was our conversation that he was having with me. And I was kind of, I was kind of just trying to laugh. I was very uncomfortable. You know, I didn't want to cause any more trouble uh, than he was already causing for me, you know, I thought. And, and I do realize he was doing... He was helping out some, but he was not doing all 24 hours a day of the torture. That was the illusion that was created, that they were creating for me uh, with, my, with my torture. 
Um, but he told me that story, I mean, to my face, and his wife just, she walked off in the middle of it. Like, I, and I talked to her a couple of times, you know, um, like, I talked to her out, outside of the house, a very sweet woman, uh, just, we I talked to him, and, um, you know, I, I just said, you know, if, if I'm making too much noise or something over here, you know, I know y'all have, you know, young kids who go to school, so just let me know, you know, and we were on very friendly terms, you know, we talked a couple of times, so then the V2K kind of, kind of changed a little bit to where she was like, we've got to stop this you're killing him, we can't do this, this is killing somebody, you know, and he was like, who cares, you know, it, pretty much the, the same kind of narrative I have now, just with different voices, just with a different man and woman. They eventually added another deep woman's voice, like a, a woman's voice that was very deep, um, and I thought that that was the neighbor living next to them, but yet that voice was going 24 hours a day, So, and this other neighbor had kids too. But I was very confused about how this was working. I, I thought maybe they were just kind of bringing people over to the house that, that lived in the neighborhood. They had this equipment. You know, they were they could kind of hit me in, on the ground, and they could also hit me remotely around the city, like in my car and stuff like that. But I, I thought all of the remote, the, like the remote station, and I had already begun calling it that then, the remote station, I thought that he had it in his house, like on the left side of it. That's why I was putting all these QA plates up against the wall. Um, and they seemed to actually affect what they were doing. Now I kind of question, I question if he just had ground weapons some other place. Um, and they were just trying to make me think that these Q-Wave, uh, you know, plates were working. Um, it's, there's so much, I mean, it's it's been so long. And then even, like, even before I knew I was being targeted, Go back to 1999, and I, I started to have very bad jaw pain and shoulder pain uh, when I was about to go off to school in Texas. And, you know, I went to a dentist, and the dentist was like, I cartilage dissolved that fast. Um, and that was like after I got my wisdom teeth taken out. So, And I'd had Crohn's disease since I was 10, so a lot of medical stuff, braces, dental work, wisdom teeth. I had a lot of stuff going on from when I was about 10 to 19. Uh, and when I was 19, I started feeling real bad pains in my jaw that carried over uh, from like about the year 2000 to, uh, you know, 2000 to whenever I knew I was being targeted. But I always thought that it was part of my Crohn's disease. Um, so I look back to from, from like 1999 to when I knew I was targeted and I see these weird incidences. These weird things that were going on. My my vision became blurry all of a sudden, 2004, I think. Um, and and I thought that something was leaking out of the car, you know, to to make my vision blurry because it happened all of a sudden. Uh, jaw pain, tons of jaw pain all throughout college and afterwards. And when I worked at Dell, um, you know, to where I'd have to spend days in bed because you know my was just so much pain. Um, then also when I work when I went to work at Dell uh, in about 2005, it must have been about 2005 because I worked for Barnes and Noble and some other places between right when I got out of college to then. I worked my last year of college. I worked at Pluckers uh, in Texas, but weird stuff was going on then. And it's like uh, when I got that job at Dell, I had a good time. You know, I, you know, people liked me and things like that, and there didn't seem to be many problems. 
Um, looking back, you know, I had a lot of pain. I had a lot of pain to the left side of my head, my face. Um, there were some things, but it, it seems a little bit too far back. But after a surgery in 2008, uh, you know, it was I had to get a foot of colon removed because uh, my stomach was hurting so bad with Crohn's disease. Uh, they actually dissected the colon from the uh, small intestine uh, to try and let it heal on its own, but it would not heal. The colon would not heal, even with no food going through it. So I had to get that foot of colon taken out. Um, that I'm suspicious now that I was being hit in the colon, and that's why I had to get a, get a foot of it removed. But anyway, that that's kind of the point. The point is, surgery in 2008. The the surgeon acted very weird, even though the surgery was just all kinds of successful. It was a, just a all. Um, you know, he got it done. He left as much colon for me as as he could, and. Uh, you know, it really worked out. He just did a great job. Um, then I got put back into Dell, but into a different department because the department that I was in before I left was disbanding. So I got put into order processing, which was a nightmare in itself because it's so boring. Um, and it was a completely new group right after surgery. Um, and from almost day one, day one going back, uh, you know, to a new department like that, I had people walking by me who weren't necessarily in my group, and they would like stomp their feet when they would walk by me. Um, and this, like, and I hung on to the job. I was getting treated horribly, horribly, just horribly. People would follow me into the bathroom, things like that. At the time, though, I thought that, okay, I just had the surgery. I do have to take painkillers even when I come to work. I thought maybe people thought I was like a drug addict, and they were doing some kind of workplace mobbing that had nothing to do with, with this program. You know, cause I, that wasn't even my, in my head at the time. Didn't have a high-pitched ring, sound in my ears, no V2K or anything like that. Had extensive pain on the left side of my head, though. Um, and I would also fall asleep driving home, driving to and from work. There was, there was weird stuff going on in that time. Um, you know, but, I, but I was workplace mob for the entire year, or the entire two years I worked at Order Processing, where I tried to like start working from home, but then that was a problem because then everybody started to want to work from home. Then when I come into work, you know, there was an ex-marine who was he managed right by my manager, and he would come into meetings and put his hands on my chair and and just stand there the whole time right behind me. Uh, so very weird. I look back and there was gang stalking in that workplace mobbing, probably while I was getting hit with an implant on my left side. Yet the, the stuff that they do to entrain, the high-pitched sound, the V2K, all that stuff, that was only when I went back to Louisiana. But I had no, no idea at this time. Also, a weird incident, well, two weird incidences uh, while I was working at Dell. But they were trying to, I mean, they were trying to really get me out of there. My middle manager would put, like, white stuff in my chair. And I thought, oh, they must think I'm on drugs because I have to take painkillers. You know, I have to. I, my, my stomach was cut open. I had a regimen of painkillers to just make it through and get to work. Uh, but the, the middle manager would be putting white stuff in my chair. Um, you know, people would be doing weird things like this. Would play this song when I'd walk by his desk. Uh, you know, the Michael Jackson song, Just Beat It. Um, I look back and it was just workplace mobbing with this targeting mixed in. Um, also, weird incident is uh, I went to a comic book store once. No, a couple of times. And the guy would 
basement and sniff. He would follow me around the store, and like I bought a ton of stuff from this place. And this guy would follow me around the store and go, and just sniff. And that was that was one of the things that the actual the surgeon uh, who who did my the colon dissection and resection, uh, his his receptionist would do that on the phone and when I'd go in. It was the sniffing thing. That was some kind of uh, you know gaslighting protocol for me. Then. I broke up with a girlfriend that I really liked in probably around, when was that? Uh must have been right before I, it must have been in about 2009, uh, while I worked there, while I, while I was still working at Dell, but I was, I was kind of coming to the end of that. Um, and I broke up with her, um, and she drove a yellow Humvee. And right when I broke up with her, a few weeks later, I started seeing yellow Humvees everywhere ever seen one in my life like I'd only seen like a couple now I know that some people could say well you you know you broke up with a girl who was you know driving a yellow Humvee and probably see that kind of thing but the the frequency of it was way too much it was way way more than that um so so I do I look back all the way to 1999 when I got my wisdom teeth out um and I think what happened is uh you know I may have had gotten some hardware put in tooth or uh when i got my wisdom tooth teeth taken out i've had millions of colons i mean i've had like at least a hundred colons in my life i may have had something some hardware put in then when i was even younger so i may have been surveilled from a young age and then got put through to kind of a torture protocol where there where i really didn't know i was being tortured for about 10 years and then after like about 2010 2011 uh, you know, had some other people who were ex-military around me who uh, who kind of pushed me through another rung of the program, which is the tinnitus, V2K, you know, total life destruction uh, aspect of of, um, of targeting. Um, but but then it's like you know, and then I'll kind of skip skip back to you know living in the house. Um, I had kind of gotten it balanced. Um, you know, I wasn't accusing the the army guy anymore, even though. He would put toxins in my area. Like I would walk outside, I'd smell a sewage smell or a burning hamburger smell. They would also put poisons through my pipe. There was a plumber who lived across the street that would help out with that. We were running a certain kind of toxin into the house. And on the weekends and like at nights, it was way, way worse. So I do think that they supplement it with ground weapons around me. But 24 hours a day, I was being hit with the, um, you know, remote remote platform to satellite to cell phone tower to receiver, which is my brain. Um, I'm trying to think of. Did you have any questions? I've been just talking really fast. No, you're doing great. Um, and it's interesting because you're getting into the technical parts of it. So, um, but I am just curious, like how you found, you know, Linda and and how you started your own podcast and how that all happened okay yeah um well i probably when i started making youtube videos the i think the first ti that i talked to ever uh was ken in canada um it was either ken in canada yeah i think ken in canada first and we didn't know about any calls me and ken didn't um you know so we he he commented on one of my videos and then we started talking. He was the first TI that I met. 
um and and we just had a, a bunch of great conversations and like he was going you know going through hell uh then it's i think you know around that time around a couple months after that where i was meeting some ti's and calling them individuals uh i think i got in touch with mike somehow me and mike started yeah, talking. Yeah. yeah from from my, either my videos or i don't think i stumbled across his call but i think he saw my videos and he contacted me uh to tell me about his call so uh that was around 2013 uh that i started getting on mike's calls but i was really just on mike's calls till about 2015 uh you know for for about two years i just i would just go to mike's calls i'd do my my videos and i i really didn't um i don't know i just didn't go into the rest of the the ti calls um but but i do remember um i got on some of them i got on the saturday calls sometimes i'd get on i get on the saturday calls maybe uh every every two saturdays or something like that or every every other saturday um, and I'd hear Derek, so so I knew I knew I was getting on Derek's calls. I think um, and Shelly, um, and then I think and then I, I started to get on those calls uh, from like 2013 uh, to 2015 when I moved when the house burned down. 15, then I moved to a townhouse uh, with with that roommate who burned down my house. Uh, what's interesting about her and the other friend that was hanging around at the time is they would tell me, I'm getting hit in the chest right now. Like, she would be standing in the kitchen, and she'd be like, oh, my God, like, I'm getting hit. And she wasn't joking or trying to, to pull my leg. She's like, I'm getting hit in the chest with something right now. Uh, but they kind of, they didn't want to tell me, though, and this is the weirdest thing, because they thought that it would inflame my delusions, you know, but they felt it. I mean, go figure with people where they're feeling it and they're getting hit with it, but they still think that it's a delusion. You know, it's people are so weird and they're so confused about all this stuff. Um, I kind of got off the topic, but when I moved into the townhouse, that's when I started getting on on a lot of the calls. That's when I started getting on the main Saturday night calls, on Mike's call, uh, trying to find out about as many calls as I could. Um, and I think I, I met Linda a long time ago on Mike's call. I probably met Linda, you know, 2013, in the year 2013. Um, so I knew Linda from Mike's calls um, and Adrian and uh, Patty. Uh, who else did he have coming to every call at that time? Uh, this guy named Ivan Rosa, who is a great TI, and he's kind of he's kind of dropped off the mat. He has, uh, you know, V2K, really bad, and he's one of those people who he wants to help everybody and if he if he can't help he feels like he can't be in the group i really need to talk to him more and get him back because he he's just so you know he's so into being positive and just trying to you know uh you know really trying to make people just like you know screw these guys you know screw these guys let's go on with our life let's let's do this um probably some people i'm not uh 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 corinne Corinne was on all those calls, and um, she's not on the calls as much. I don't hear her on the calls as much, but we talked a, a whole lot mm -hmm. because she was going through a, a, just a whole lot. She's still going through. Um, and I'm probably I'm forgetting to name some people, but really it started on Mike's calls. You know, and I consider Mike uh, to be my mentor about this. 
you know, as I, I've gone through it, you know, he, he really was a great, um, you know, he's a great help. And when I would freak out and be like, is this happening? Is this happening? Is this happening? He was really great at not saying, no, that's not happening. This is happening. He would say, well, think about this, you know, and he'd just get me thinking about how stuff works. So he's really good at like, you know, when, when, when I was confused and, um, you know, just stressed out and just like, I know it's this, I know it's this, and being really gentle uh, and, and you know, going through, kind of getting me to think about it my own way. So I just, I really appreciate my... Yeah, so great. great guy. Oh, I did want to, I did want to kind of go back um, because the, the part of my story I just want to finish is, uh, okay, I called the inspector general told him that I thought I was being harassed by my neighbor. And the next day, I got a call from the coroner's office. And this man didn't tell me who he was, but he just said he was from the, the, the coroner's office. Um, I told him, you know, I actually told him, I said, I gave him my YouTube video link, which I had made a couple of videos, maybe like 30 videos by then. Um, and and I told him, you know, I've studied some of this. I think that I'm being hit by non-ionizing non-ionizing microwave radiation. Right. And he said, he said, oh no, we we know about all that. He's like, I know about all that. I'm a coroner. I know about all that stuff. He said, just need you to come into the. Yeah, he was lying. It was a setup. They uh, he said, just come into the emergency room, and we're gonna check you out physically. I got the specific doctor set up for you to see. Don't you don't need to explain any of this. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna tell him the story. He just wants to check you out physically and make sure your body's all right. I said, oh my gosh, I finally found help. I found a way in. They're gonna they're gonna acknowledge this. They're gonna be able to treat me medically. Oh my gosh. So I get my book back ready with my comic books and my my drink, you know, and I, I go to the emergency room. Um, and I actually just saw the guy's nurse practitioner. He was like asking me all these questions uh, that were trying to kind of sway it into this mental thing. Uh, and before I know it, I'm in a blue suit waiting to go uh behavioral center or the, the, the mental place, but the one where people can't take care of themselves. The one where they can't, they have to get help wiping and eating and things like that. So, so it was a total setup. And actually, while I was waiting to go in there, waiting to go to the one where it's like people can't take care of there, there, there's some uh, mental retardation and things like that going on. Um, you know, uh, some lady, I, I, I asked the lady something about like getting some water, and she goes, "Go sit down. You ain't be, you ain't being hit by a ray gun." That was like in, in the main hospital. One of the, um, I guess, one of the nurses, the intake nurses, said that to me. Um, but then once I got into the place, it was like, just, I mean, people were like strapped in the back, like strapped down because they were so insane. Um, but I had this psychiatrist who was logical and she wasn't a part of anything to do with this. She, she talked to me and I told her and I was, I was pretty eloquent even though I was upset, but I, you know, I try and just talk about it intelligently, connect common sense dots of people just tell the truth you know um and she uh, you know after about three days she got me out of there to the regular uh to the regular short-term behavioral center 
where it was mostly people, uh, you know, getting off of drugs, uh, you know, some some other psychological disorders, but they could take care of themselves, they could eat, and stuff like that. Um, and I stayed there for two weeks um, until, and my parents would come visit me, um, and my mom kind of used it for, uh, you know, um, hey, we've got we've got these terms set, and if you can match these terms, we'll we'll go ahead and get you out of here. So my mom kind of really thought that I was crazy, um, and she said, you know, if you get rid of that enclosure in the middle of your kitchen, uh, and you do this and you do that, and you uh, you know you work more days and stuff like that. So it was really really horrifying uh, to see them react to something like that. My parents react to something yeah. like that where I was being murdered and. And also, when I was in the short-term behavioral center, my attackers hit me harder. They hit me in the prostate to where I went into shock, uh, and they also hit me in the chest where, like, I'd be in meetings uh, for people because they wanted me to look crazy so I couldn't get out. They hit me real hard in no. the chest. They they were putting me into shock with these hits they were hitting me with uh, in the short-term behavioral center. Um but but eventually what I did is I just lied. You know, I lied to my parents and I said, yeah, I just need to get over this stuff. Um, I'll take down the enclosure, you know, just to get out of there. Um, I kind of said, it, at first I was kind of holding my ground. And I was like, you know, this is happening. This stuff is happening, Mom and Dad. You know, I'm being hit by some kind of microwave, you know, non-ionizing microwave radiation is burning my body. You know, it's uh, it's really, really hurting me. Um, but then after, you know, after I knew that they were gonna, you know, kind of try and keep me in there, I uh, you know, I lied to get out. I um, I said, you know, yeah, I'll just get over this, and yeah, I'll take down the enclosure, which I didn't. Um, one weird thing that happened in there is the really nice psychiatrist. It was a a, a woman psychiatrist who uh, seemed to really be listening to me. And I was really kind of telling her the truth, and she really, she was just kind of listening to me and, you know, gathering information. She went on vacation two days after I got put into the other place, and so they assigned me to, um, they assigned me to a pediatrician psychologist, a pediatric psychologist. That guy, the whole time, every time I would talk to him, he would have this huge smirk on his face, and he actually would, I said, you know, I said, my neighbor's hitting me with some kind of high-pitched sound. They want me out of that area. Maybe they've heard rumors about me. And, you know, I didn't go into the whole organized uh, gang stalking program, uh, but I just, I tried to keep it small. You know, I tried to keep it small and just tell him, you know, somebody's hitting me with some kind of new age taser or some kind of equipment because I think they've heard rumors and they want me out of that house. And it's really weird and he's really doing it. He smiled. This uh, pediatric uh, psychiatrist smiled, and he said, "Kyle, that guy who lives next to you. He's probably just a good old boy watching LSU games. If he had a problem with you, he would walk over to your house with a bat. He'd walk over to your house with a bat and hit you with that." And I was like, "No, he wouldn't. If somebody could, you know, hurt you or antagonize you and and uh, you know get you to do something, they would obviously try and hide it. They were evil." Uh, but that was just the most interesting thing that he said, and as he, you know, had his little smirk, and I, I think he, I, I really do. I'm not, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not sure sometimes, but I really think that that pediatric psychologist, uh, psychiatrist was part of it. He was brought in there to, um, kind of just 
you know, handle me. Also, there was another guy who I saw when I was in there who had an army shirt on. He came in with an army shirt, um, and he said, you know, he said that he had tried to kill himself and stuff like that. And we were watching Forrest Gump one night, like in the movie room, and I, I cried during Forrest Gump. It's a sad movie. Uh, and so I was walking around, and I kind of walked by the room later on, and he's talking on the phone, and he's like, yeah, he was crying during Forrest Gump. I can't believe it. He was crying during Forrest Gump. And then, like, a couple of days later, he got out of there. I mean, he tried to commit suicide, and yet he he was on, like, a three-day stay. There's some very, very, very weird things while I was in there. You know, I think that they were trying to accomplish, uh, you know, right off the bat. When they get you in there, they kind of want to go after you. So maybe you uh, you have to stay longer or you act out and get in more trouble. Um but then I guess I guess then moving forward back to the townhouse, then I moved to the con to to a con and kind of uh, across town, and then a condo across the way in this uh, in this uh, condominium unit. Um, and I think that by the time I hit the townhouse, uh, I think that I was on full remote torture. I think that, uh, I don't think that I had any ground weapons on me. They tried to make it seem like that, like the neighbors. They try and put it in an angle coming down so that I thought it was the I think by that point, um, you know, it was fully remote. It was fully from, from cell phone towers, um, from the remote station by satellites and cell phone towers to the receiver that, that is my brain. Um... But I've had harassment around me since then, uh, and a ton. It's like it seems like they got maybe the the power uh, for the remote hits, and they didn't need to supplement with uh, with ground weapons, or they had traumatized me to a certain point where they could proceed with the program and uh, you know remote neural manipulation, uh, manipulation and uh, synthetic telepathy and um, you know emotional kind of manipulation. But there was something I think I think Ella dropped off, but I'm just gonna keep talking until she comes back. Um I think the the one thing that I wanna tell you guys um is that you know, in about two thousand must have been two thousand fourteen or two thousand fifteen, and now this was after uh you know, continuous years of the high pitch sound all the time, the V two K all the time. Uh, hit me in the chest to where I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Hit me in the sides of the head and, and burnt like burning half my body. It felt like after extensive, extensive, extensive trauma uh, in about probably the end of 2014, I can peg a night like I can go back to a, a specific night where they started like I would think something and then they would check uh, that image. Uh, or they would re-inject an image that I had never seen before. Now, I had had directed dreaming before that. I would had directed dreaming probably since, um, well, probably since 2012. But in about, probably about two, the beginning of, uh, beginning of 2015, uh, I can, I can go back to that exact night and say they were starting to re-inject, uh, images with remote neural I'd never seen before, and that was at a very specific time. I wonder if I just noticed it. I wonder if I just noticed it, 
or I wonder if, if what I'm saying is actually true. Because, uh, you know, I know that when, when you're not aware of these things going on, like not aware that they can, uh, you know, uh, re-inject an image into your head, you would think that you're just thinking about that over and over. And so I wonder if I, I just wasn't aware of it. I knew that they could because V2K was responding to things that I would think. Like I was, I would think things, so, so they were getting the inner inner at. Uh, uh, CC's asking, Kyle, were you or either of your parents in the armed forces? Um, no, my my grandpa fought in World War II. He was uh, an, a naval engineer that uh, he went to, I think, Okinawa. Um, but no, my, my dad and my mom are, are not in the military. And, and I was not either. Thought about it. I guess I guess that's that's kind of all. Maybe maybe I could take some questions. Uh, maybe some people will have some good questions. Yeah, that is there any way, Kyle? Is there any way, Kyle, you can take over my call? There's an emergency here at the house. Um, is there any way you can get on and take over it? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't be able to unmute people. Okay. Um, well, you could if you signed in as me, right? Okay, yeah, what's, um, can you text me all the information? I know I have it, but okay. it may have changed. Yeah, we just had a major emergency. No, it's the same, okay. it's the it's the seven, it ends in, let me see. Yeah, um, sorry for such a strange, I hope it's not going to affect everything. If you log in with as me, it shouldn't matter, right? Yeah, Look I don't think it This is not the typical interview night. <laughs> well, would you want me to just uh, just open my room? Um, no, because for the sake of the interview, so we have it all intact. Do you want to just do that oh, so you can okay. take? You know what I mean? Because I want to have a very okay. good interview. With you. Okay. Can you can you just send send all the stuff, all the information, real quick to my text, and then I'll sure, I'll log back in. Okay, let's see, because I can actually do it while I'm talking to you. Okay. Kyle. Is everything okay? Uh, not really, but we'll be fine. We'll get through it. Okay. Because I'm going to give you the password. You can't find my keys? Okay. Uh, look on the couch. I'm giving you the password. And then I'll give you the PIN number. I'll still be on the call. I'll be able to have a phone on me, but I'm not going to be able to get to have it. Did you text to me? I just did right now. Hold on a second. Okay. It's not on the couch. Yeah. Okay. All right, Ella. That I'm going gonna, gonna to log in. Yeah, I'm going to stay on with you. Check with okay. you. Check with you. So I'm going to log out and then log back. Okay. Look in between the couch. Okay.
Okay. You there still, Kyle? Guess he's logging out. Okay, I'm going to unmute a few people. If I key, might have already logged in. Hmm. Can you guys hear me? Okay, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, start start unmuting people. I'm just I'm texting Ella real quick. I hope I hope it's nothing too bad. Okay, guys, so um, let me just, I'll start unmuting people, um, and y'all can maybe just ask me questions uh, one at a time. I'm going to go down to whoever was first. Hey, California? California, you there? Okay, I guess California is not there. I'm going to go ahead and remute California. Just press star 8 if you want to ask anything again. Northwest New York? You there? Am I not hearing people? Can y'all hear me? Uh, let's try CC. CC, you there? Hello, Hi there. Hi there. Yep, I'm here. Okay, I thought me? I couldn't hear. You. Yeah, I can hear you. I I just I was unmuting people and I couldn't hear them, and I was okay. wondering if that was because of something I was doing. I was not sure. I, I actually have a couple of quick questions for you, and uh, one is okay. Um, you didn't have any uh, parents that were in the armed forces, and you weren't. 
And then the next was, do you remember anything from grade school, grade one through six, that you can Hmm. look back on today that you might think to yourself, hmm, I wonder if that had anything to do with me being targeted with an adult, not with with other children? Um, no, when I was 10, I got very sick with Crohn's disease. Um, so I had to go on a feeding tube. I even had to get, I had to get a pick line put in. So I had to go from the age of like 10 to 12, I was like in and out of hospitals. So that kind of makes me suspicious. Also, when I was a baby, uh, I was born, uh, sickly where I, really weird incident where the um the person they were getting to take care of me like locked herself in a room with me for like two days and wouldn't um and and would not open the door and how old were you then i was just born i mean it was i was maybe like uh almost a month old wow i I was yeah when i was a baby i was very very sick um and and it was like I, i got better but then the lady who was taking care of me like locked herself um locked herself in a room and wouldn't open the door. So those two things, like when I was a baby I was sickly and weird stuff happened and then I at, at about the age of ten I had Crohn's disease and had to do all this, you know, weird stuff, you know, colonoscopies and a pick line and a feeding tube and all this other stuff. So wow. I think some you know, somewhere in there I may have gotten the hardware for this. Then maybe been from an early age to the about the age of 19, then at the age of 19, started having horrible pain on my left side, where they kind of bumped me up to okay, we're gonna go ahead and uh, give him some kind of pain stimuli, um, and then that you know that lasted, and weird things kind of went on, and then the full blown like tinnitus sound, B2K, uh, you know, gang stalking just building up around you. That all began in about two, the, the end of 2010, 2011. Okay. You know? um, have yeah. you ever had a panic attack? Yes. Yes. Okay. I've had How weird ones too. Have you had those? Well, I've I've had see I've had them from uh from about all that all that stuff that happened with my Crohn's disease. Okay. Then I started having weird panic attacks. There was this one time in college, which is really weird. It's really weird that you asked this question, CC, because. I've thought about that a lot. You know, my attackers now, I can know, I know that they can make me feel uh, like Anything, anxiety. Yeah. They yeah. can make me um, feel. But I was in college, and there was this big college class, and they were asking us our favorite movies because I was in the radio, television, and film, uh, you know, program. And my favorite movie was Batman at the time, and I didn't feel like I wasn't nervous to talk in front of the class or anything like that. And it was just naming your favorite movie. And, like, I... I started talking and it's all it's almost like my throat closed up and had this horrible anxiety attack out of nowhere yeah um and i can remember a couple of times like that yeah and then um one other thing um i i could go on what i'm doing is asking you things that have happened to me when i i didn't back then know anything about this was long ago um that i i had Something in grade school happens. You know, uh, I remember uh, another TI saying, no matter when you think your targeting began, go back another 10 or 20 years and see if there was anything strange that happened. And so I've been thinking about that 
uh, as time goes by. And I remember when I was younger, in my 20s, I had a couple of panic attacks um, at home. And I would, you know, anyway, this isn't my day to talk about uh, me. So, And then once in a store, and I was in a changing room trying something on, and boom, I had a panic attack, and I thought, what is going on? Anyway, mm-hmm. but also... Um, have you ever been in the middle of a conversation, you're looking at the person, and, and then all of a sudden your brain goes blank and you're thinking, what the hell was I just saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, just in this, just in this little interview, uh, it happened about three times. And, I mean, that's, what, what happens with that, Cece, is our short-term memory is very affected. And when you're talking to somebody, you're, you're using your short-term memory. Because you're trying, you you have something up on bat that you want to talk about. So that's, I mean, when we're talking and we're like bringing up things that that are on on deck, the next thing to talk about, that's our short-term memory. And you know, just you know, without even remote neural manipulation directions, like, and they they do screw with uh, short. Without that, uh, non-ionizing microwave radiation and non-ionizing radio frequencies. Uh, radio frequency radiation causes short-term memory loss. So we've got something natural from uh, these electromagnetic frequencies that's occurring biologically, and then on top of that, you've got your attackers remote neural manipulating uh, yeah. and, and yeah. messing with your short-term memory. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, that's that's all I can think of right now. Um, but I, I remember something when I was in first grade. I was six years old. I, I and another little boy were called out of our first grade classroom and taken down to the principal's office. We sat in a room with a lady who just had us identify the pictures of animals. Um, and, you know, okay, giraffe, dog, cat, you know, cow, whatever. And... Uh, even as a first grader, I thought, what was that all about? And I, and we were sent back. And then I was taken out once again. I don't know if it was a week or two or a month or whatever later and went through the same thing. And I, I to this day, uh, wondered why. Why did that happen? Were they calibrating my EEG? Uh, was I put in that room? Uh, for them to uh, maybe they have some sort of equipment or technology that grabbed my EEG back then. Uh, mm-hmm. You know why was I singled out? Uh, I've heard a lot of TIs talk about things like that, like weird special things that that you know they were taken from their parents, not not like stolen from their parents, but some people would come in and say your child is special and needs to do some testing. Um, talk about that. I think back to just regular testing, you know, like math that you'd have to do, you know, within five minutes, you'd have to do a certain number of problems, you know, uh, SATs, ACTs, um, you know, uh, like scholastic testing every year. You know, I think back to just some of those organized testing things and wonder if they're trying to figure out stuff in those to who they're going to need to target in the future or who they need to watch, you know. Well, the... the one time that I was in the middle of a conversation, I was also in my early 20s. I was in the middle of a, a lengthy conversation with someone, standing outside of a store, just 
you know, shooting the breeze with uh, a friend, and I just, and my mind went blank, and I looked at him, and I said, oh, my God, I don't know what I just said to you. I don't know what our conversation was about. What were we talking about? And I just, I was so embarrassed because I didn't know anything or I didn't remember anything regarding our conversation. And now that I look back on it, I wonder if I was being manipulated back then because that is the only time that happened back then, um, like in my early years, uh, like in my 20s. But, um, mm-hmm. But then I also, I did have a few panic attacks, and I would, I didn't know why I was having panic attacks. They just started happening out of nowhere, and I would, in order to get myself through it, and, uh, you know, I would say to myself, there's nothing to be afraid of. I didn't know why I was panicking, and so I would start cleaning the house. In fact, I, I remember one time getting down on my hands and knees with a scrub brush and cleaning the floor to try to distract myself from the panic that I was in. So, um, and then they I've stopped. had a lot of that. They yeah, just I've had stopped. A lot of that. Thank God. I mean, um, I, but I, I remember um, saying to my mother, something's wrong. You know, uh, you know, I remember saying, something's wrong. I, I get panic attacks, and I don't know why. And I remember my mom just looking at me, and she didn't, I don't remember her saying anything. But shortly thereafter, they just stopped, they disappeared, and I, I never had them again. Uh, and then when I was, oh, that, that's not true. Um, well, when I, so that was my, um, I'd say I was like 18 or 19 then, maybe 20. And then when I moved out to California, I was 24. And when I got here, um, I was living in my friend's house. And uh, I was in my bedroom, and all of a sudden, I had this intense feeling of anger. And I thought, what the heck am I angry about? It didn't make sense. And I remember walking out into the dining room, and either she or or her husband or both of them were there. And I said, I am angry, and I have no idea why. And I don't remember that we uh, went talked about it at length, or I couldn't figure it out. But um, so that's that. I wonder if they were target, targeting me back then with emotions, so to speak. But anyway, yeah, I, well, I, I think that I, I look back too, and some decisions that I made uh, didn't seem like decisions that I, I would have usually made. And uh, also, uh, I like a girlfriend that I broke up with in about 2005. I could not stop thinking of her for about two years. Where and I, it wasn't some kind of obsessive where I stalked her or anything, but I just could not let go of that, and I thought it was just severe heartbreak. But now I'm looking back on it, and it seems like it was, you know, remote neural manipulation. And it, it was without the high-pitched sound, without V2K, you know, uh, to where I, I had trauma and pain, physical on me, but no weird sounds. So I am I wonder sometimes about this remote neural manipulation, it, that if you're not aware of it, that if it can run silent, uh, and inject impulses without needing to, you know, to traumatize you while it's doing it. You know. So I, anyway, that goes to show you that, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't learn about targeting until 2014 after I had been, you know, gone through trauma, been brutally maimed in medical procedures and whatnot. 
but when I think about the, she was a soldier, I think it, I forget what her name was, um, I want to say McKinsey or something. I think it was her that said, no matter when you think you were, your targeting began, go back 10 or 20 years, and yeah. there was anything and, there. And, you know, maybe we were targeted since birth. Who knows? Um, I used to get earaches and knee aches all the time, and then my, do- my dad took me to um, an ear specialist, and they use those little steel things they bang at the bar and then you listen to the sound and and mm-hmm. they put stuff over your ears and they look in your ears to see if you have tumors or whatnot and nothing was there and then I never got earaches anymore so it was like they just wanted to I don't know see if my parents would take me to the doctor or what I don't know um, or maybe they stop inducing uh, pain in certain situations because you know there's you know the the doctors will say well I don't know why you're having pain it doesn't make sense to me so yeah. uh, you know I've checked everything out there's nothing there you shouldn't be having pain uh, you know who knows what their procedure is but uh, awful isn't it anyway I'm gonna yeah. uh, let somebody else take uh, take on some uh, questions for you. Thank you so much. All right, CC, and I'll unmute you later when we just have a, a free free talk. Okay, sounds good. Okay, thanks, CC. righty. Coming to Linda C. Hi, Kyle. Can, Thanks. Hey, you, I kind of I kind of yeah. like this opportunity because I'd like <laughs> to know what um you know other guys that I've been around for a long time what they would would want to know. You know. Well, boy, thank you for telling us about your story i i enjoyed this two things i want to say the guy who told you about the dog and the shock collar yeah my god what a threat mm-hmm. that was and i you know noticed that he waited until after the cops said don't call us again and then he really did threaten you yeah you know yeah and i look back i kind of look back and i'm thinking you know maybe he was just like he i saw a ground weapon You know, I'm thinking maybe that was part of the PSYOP so that, you know, getting hit remotely 24 hours a day and he was kind of helping, but they wanted me to think he was doing all of it. You know, it was to keep my attention focused on him. Yeah, he was one cruel creep, it sounds like. Um, Also, I want to say that your ability to stay steadfast with what you know and what you know is going on, even in the face of your parents, uh, not saying you're not going to get out of the mental hospital until you agree to these things, and they have not been very helpful with you over the years. And the fact that I mean, I'm delighted they now heard the Cuba thing, and now they're like, oh, maybe it is true. But good yeah. for you for staying steadfast to your own, true to yourself, because you knew what was going on, and you, well, yeah, you, and you know, yeah, yeah, and that is well. That's that's so important for us, and yeah. it's also not just about like this is the truth. So there's no other thing to do. I mean, what choice yeah. do we have? Yeah, you know, there's no. It's we can't. Okay, well, I'm I'm crazy because y'all say I'm crazy, and then well, nothing yeah. gets done, and people keep yeah. getting murdered. But there's yeah. also an aspect of this, Linda. We yeah. will be vindicated. Like we're not always. People aren't always going to be like, mm, I'm questioning them. There will be a time where people know about this technology and will be vindicated. Yeah. So we've got yeah. to to say things now with strength, so that people look back and they say, look, that guy spoke out when nobody believed him. You yeah. Because that time is yeah. coming. 
So we've also got you got that. You'll look really good when when this does come out, and we are vindicated. People will be like, "Wow, he didn't care. He was just telling the truth." Exactly. We all need to kind of think about that angle. You know, yeah. you know, I, it, I hear this a lot, and I've always said it's important. I think I'm true to my. I think I'm always true to myself, but we have to stay there. We have to stay true to our knowledge, what we know. And you are a perfect example of doing that no matter what. No matter, even though your parents were saying, eh, we're going to leave you here unless you agree to this, you know, all of that. You stayed in there anyway. And good for you, Kyle. It it hurts. It hurts. But, you know, my parents have helped me so much, you know, financially. You know, even though they thought that I was crazy, they still supported me and loved me and didn't abandon me. So... There's yeah. there's kind of a balance there. It's like it's heartbreaking that they don't believe me, but yeah. you know, there my parents will always be there for me, you know, even if yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, so. I yeah. That is nice. And I'm I'm delighted to have them. It's just that you stayed true to yourself though. You didn't give in and can good for you. We all need to take a lesson from that, I think. Stay true. Well, to you're great too. You're staying true. You're staying I, true and I am going through it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Linda, yeah. do you yeah. So do you remember when I got on Mike's calls, were you uh-huh. on there? Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been on Mike's calls for quite a while. I've been around, actually, I think it was probably more like 2014, because that's, I was more around then. I started, well, maybe that's not true. I started my call in 2015. So maybe it was 2013, because I was around for quite a while before I got, before I did my own call. So yeah, yeah, I was there. I remember you. Okay, yeah, because I remember that. I remember yeah. it was like me, you, Corinne, yeah. Mike. Um, just it was like kind of the, kind of the cheers group, you know. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. we we all knew each other. Those are. Yeah. That's what really really got me through it. Um, in yeah. the beginning. Well, and Mike, Mike, Mike has gotten me through too. I agree. He's mm-hmm. he's a great lead. He's great. He brings. And he knows. To, go ahead person that's like no you're wrong and i i know this or this he just gets you thinking about things that can help you yeah uh yeah. you know to get through it yeah so, i mean he's my mentor he makes it make sense you know he mm-hmm. makes it make sense he makes it's like well how about thinking about this and it's like oh yeah maybe that's it you know I mean, that's mm-hmm. what i appreciate about him too yeah i remember our calls they were good old calls <laughs> those were yeah i don't know why i i just stayed on that call and I didn't really venture out, um, yeah. you know, to I, – I listened to Saturday Night Calls a little bit, but I was kind of like, this is all I need for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I really didn't. I did my videos, and I didn't really, you know, get into the whole community till later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, and thank God you did. Because everybody oh, loves yeah. you. I mean, you are really – everybody loves you, and everybody appreciates you and respects what you do. Ditto, Ella. I mean, ditto, Linda. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Anyway, that's it. Well, thank you, Linda. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to see if anybody else has a question. Yeah. Let me see. The numbers, I don't think, are correct here. Dr. Sean? You there? Dr. Sean? Dr. Andrews? What's going on with Ella? Maybe he's texting her. I'm going to send her another text. I told her to text me and let me know um, if everything was okay. 
All right, Sean, I'm gonna mute you, but then I'm gonna unmute you. Uh, just press star eight. If and then we will go to Cacti. Hey, Cacti. You there, Cacti? Am I not hearing some people? No, you hear me. Okay, there you are. Yeah, um, I'm I'm out of the um, loop right now. Um, <laughs> well, just yeah. I mean, did you want to ask me a question about like on my targeting or something specific? That... Uh, just me go. I, I think I think I knew something at one point in time, but I don't mm-hmm. know it right now. Um, yeah. I'm lost. What about, what, I mean, like, <laughs> what part, like, I mean, what, what thing are you most interested in? Like, V2K, remote neural manipulation, well, remote neural as monitoring? Far as the V2K, I don't fully understand because I don't have it. Thank God, knock on wood. Yeah, um, yeah. Get yeah, on your knees and I, pray I, and thank yeah, God. Yeah, no, seriously, I have no idea what the hell happened with me if that would happen. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe it happens, but I don't fully understand how that would occur. Um, yeah, I, I have really, really vague. <laughs> I have nothing to say, to be honest. Well, just, um, hey, I'll, I'll mute you back, and if you think of something, um, just uh, just press, and I'll, I'll definitely unmute you when, when everybody, when we're just doing a, a free talk. Is that cool? Yep, that works. All right, Cacti, I'll talk to you in a little while. All right, man. All right, we're going to go down to the Florida Panhandle. Is that you, Jackie? Hey, Kyle. Hey, hey, Jackie. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. You know what I'm going to say. You were the no. person who... You oh, yeah. For me. You were that person for me. I listened to one other person other than you, and it was the guy that was talking about the helicopters and the reptilian things. And- oh, uh, Richard Bruce. Yeah, so I, I think that. Yeah. So um, I I saw I saw his, and then I saw some other people who were like really angry and really scared, and it made me more scared. And you were the first person that actually made me feel better about this whole situation, as best as you could possibly be. It's kind of like you're a guy with two ingredients. Here's a half a cup of Energizer Bunny. Here's a couple of drops mm-hmm. of Superman. That's what it is for me. <laughs> so um, I don't have any questions. I just want to thank you. I'm I'm happy to hear that, Jackie, because you add so much to the community, and you're so smart, and you you know you collect a lot of evidence. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that I inspired you, because now you're inspiring other people. I mean, that's really what it's all about. It's just about you know, whenever you make a video, you got to think. It's about the information, right? It's about getting information out to non-TIs and TIs. But it's also about, um, you know, what TI is going to see how you're talking. They're going to connect with that and be like, I can talk about the stuff like that. You know, uh, that, that could empower me, you know, to do what he's doing or to do what she's doing. Um, and that's really, I mean, that that's kind of why I make so many videos, like 600 videos. And I, I think that what we get out, the evidence or testimonials or information about websites or information about patents, that's all, it's all so important when you put out a video to put out good information. But I also have a philosophy that quantity is also important. Yeah. 
that be aware. You know, yeah. I like the fact that you you are taking this challenge on, and then it might not be it might be one video that someone might relate to of all mm-hmm. the the thirty no thirty uh, videos that you do in November. It might yeah. be one video that somebody out there just catches, and and, yeah, that's, and that's brilliant. Well, and also I didn't know that this was going to happen. I thought that my targeting would get a whole lot worse. And I would I'd feel more depressed and tired because I thought they'd be hitting me harder. Now they have tried to hit me a little bit harder. And I'm I'm switching up my routine instead of just playing video games all day, going to the supermarket, the same thing that they've been monitoring for months and months and months and months. Uh, I feel better emotionally because I'm switching up my routine too. Um, so I, I, I really didn't foresee that happening. Um, and it's also kind of, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, stretching myself on what can I talk about here? What, what things, what are the most important things that people need to know about so that after November, you know, I'm still going to make videos, uh, and it'll kind of, it'll making better videos, you know, kind of, uh, stretching my limits, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I'm, what? I'm so, I'm so happy that um you know I got you like you saw my videos and wanted to come in the community and it got you making videos because you are a huge player. I mean you're a huge player. I appreciate you got a lot that. Of- I I got that. I just want to be as good as you one day. <laughs> That's it. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't take much to do that, you know. Thank you, Kyle. Well, thank you too, Jackie. I really appreciate all the hard work you do too. Um, all right, would you would you want me to mute you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Okay, I'll unmute you when we just have a, a free talk. Okay. All right, Jackie, thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, and we're going to come down to, before I come to Connecticut, um, I just want to say, you know, I don't know if everybody knows about it, but I'm doing, um, you know, I'm doing the, the November video, I, I've called it at first November Video Bomb. 2017, but I changed that name to November Video Marathon 2017 because uh, the word bomb in every YouTube ch- uh, ch- uh, title could maybe get me in trouble or get just get more watched. Y'all know how it is. Um, but, you know, my plan is to make a video at least one every day. Um, I might switch it around so I do like maybe two or three in a day and then I, I do take some days off but to do 30 or more videos for the month of November. Um, and it's it's a lot of new things. I think I'm going to uh, talk to some TIs who don't want to make a video and just want to give me their testimony, and then I can bring out their testimony. Like that. So it's, it's really been great. And if anybody wants to participate um, and doesn't really know how, uh, please email me at vulcanwolverine at gmail.com. Um, you know, and, and you can just, you can be part of it however you want to, however you want to fit in, uh, whatever you want to do, uh, whatever information you want to put out. If you want to talk to me about planning, putting out the same information on one day, you know, we can do something like that. Uh, so I, so I really welcome that too. Uh, but it's just kind of a challenge and a marathon, um, to get people a symbol, a symbol for us never to stop talking about this out good information and keep you know keep uh keep showing people that this is happening because we're being tortured every day 
Hey, Connecticut, is that Connie? You there? Oh, I hey. am Kyle. Um, I, I was just trying to get on you before when you were asking if people could hear you or not. <laughs> okay. Well, did you? Well, did good, you I mean, any any question about any? Because I know I like I, I'll go through the story and there's so much to tell that I know I'm missing stuff. You know, it's like yeah. I know that I'm skipping over part. Um. Well, I was listening to you, and, and I can relate to some things that you said, how, you know, they're going after your back and then your head and mm -hmm. you in the heart all the time. And, and now it's like remote. It's, it's like they don't, you know, there's the ground and they have their duties, but it's different now for me too. So it's it's direct. I feel the same way. But, um, oh, and you know... And who is this? This isn't Connie, right? No, no, it's Mary. Hey, Mary. Uh, uh, Mike just sent me a text. He made me remember something that I didn't tell in my story. Because um, he knows me. Uh, I made this video um, called Lamentations on YouTube. And it was after my dad got sick. And I did want to tell you all about this. Um I would the only person that I talked to about my targeting and all the weird stuff that was going on uh was my dad and he was trying to help me out like with money with with maybe getting a lawyer or something like that. Now I had my 33rd birthday and I was I had been being I had been targeted uh you know full scale with the tinnitus sound the V2K for about 3 years. Uh day after my 33rd birthday the day after my dad started having ringing in his ears and headaches. After a week of these uh, of, of nausea, headaches, a high-pitched sound in his ears, he had an aneurysm. My dad had an aneurysm, um, and he was rushed to the room. And I remember going over to the house. My, my mom called us because he was just non-responsive. His eyes were open, holding my dad uh, in my arms with his eyes just looking at me, but he couldn't speak or, or uh, he couldn't, um, you know, do he couldn't get through to us um, because he was having an aneurysm. Um, and my attackers were hitting me with microwaves in my genitals at that time. Oh, but, my God. I went through the same thing with my mom. And mm -hmm. they didn't know what to do. And I was like, well, you need to do something. What's happening to her? And... Then they called 911, and I had to have her intubated and everything else, but she's getting it, too. She's in the nursing home, and they're clobbering her, too, but uh, they've never given us a good explanation of what happened, and she's just starting to come around again. This is since March, um, like being herself, if you will, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, personality-wise, but... The same thing, oh, my God, the, the eyes trying to tell me, like, I don't know what just happened, but something just happened. Yeah, that's a, such and a helpless feeling. Clobbered. Oh, it's horrible. It's, they're so freaking evil. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to go through that, too. Yeah, it's been... I'm, I'm so happy you're on the call. Everybody loves you. You're such a good guy, and... There is something about you, you know, you're just special. You, you have the voice, and you just really appreciate it in the community. So thanks hey. for all you do, and we love you. 
Hey, thanks, Mary. Like, I love you guys, too. My, my whole thing is just I want to end this. Like, I want oh to bring God, the technology yeah. out enough. Just so, so I mean, you know, it may be by increments. You know, some resources may be pulled from this program, and they might not be able to do all the things that they, they want to do to us for a while. And then, it, you know, they may pull back by increments, or it may, you know, totally cut off one day. But I, I feel like it is possible. It is possible to end this program with enough awareness to where, you know, the media and the people doing this, um, they're going to kind of look at everybody talking it like a, as a household topic and be like, well, there's there's really no use covering it up. Now it's time to, to pull out and do something else. You know, so I, I, I think we have a big chance. We just have to speak out and keep speaking out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, something's got to be done. This can't keep going on, you know. Yeah, yeah, and we also, I mean, we also need the class action suits. We need the uh, surveys, the uh, the conferences, uh, you know, passing out flyers. Like we need in to, to talk to local legislators, all that stuff. But it's like, you know, while people are doing that, and while we're getting those big things ready. If we're always talking about it on social media and have this groundswell going and talking about good ideas on the calls and how to defend, how to buy time, you know, uh, also just good, you know, good email campaigns or uh, calling certain people, like it'll it'll lay that groundwork so it's more successful, you know, when people go talk to local legislatures or set up a you know, or set up a, a class action suit. So it's so important to do this in between time, you know, keep talking about it, you know. Yeah, there you go. I think the thing with Cuba uh, is really good for us, too, what happened. You know, they keep denying a lot of stuff. But I think, and you know yeah, what I said? Times now, I've been saying it for the past couple of months, oh, I've got to do something. Something's got to break. Oh, yeah. And you know, you know, you know I, I said it on one of my... I said it on a call in another video. I said, um, you know, how come 21 State Department workers, even though everybody doesn't know exactly what's going on, the 21 State Department workers say they they have concussive effects and high-pitched ringing sound in their ears. They get medical attention, and agencies look into it. Now, we've got thousands and thousands of targeted individuals around the world speaking out. We've probably got millions and millions of targeted individuals in actuality. Um, but those thousands and thousands speaking out and saying exactly what those those State Department workers said, and they can throw us into a mental institution. You know, we need to start connecting the dots in a common sense way to to normal people. That why did those people get medical attention, and they're going to look into that, and we're saying the exact same thing, and we'll be thrown into a mental institution. How come the double standard there? You know. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Mary. Well, um, I'll I'll unmute you when we just have a um, you know, when when I open up the lines. Okay, Mary. Just okay. I'm just enjoying listening. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Mary. I got a lot of people. I want I want some good questions. You want to know? I'm trying to go by the numbers. Is there are one. I think there's a one. I see a sort of. Hey, Florida. You there, Florida? All right, I'm going to mute you, but press star 8. 
if you still want to ask a question. All right, and I'm going to go to West Coast Angel. How are you doing tonight? You there? Okay, I'm going to mute you, but press star 8 if you still have a question. I'm wondering if I'm not hearing these guys. PSS? You there? <laughs> oh, I guess not. All right, we'll go down to... Who's next? We'll go to Donna. Hey, Donna. You there? Hey, Kyle. You know, I I agree with so many people. I think all the suffering that you've been through in your life is just absolutely made you so sweet and sensitive to other people. And people just really respond to the realness of you and that caring. Um, I have sort of a double question here. I always mm-hmm. wonder, you know, it seems like that there is a nucleus of people that always speak on the calls. It doesn't seem like, uh, you know, we hear of all these numbers of people that are targeted, but it doesn't seem like that we hear from a lot of different people. Um, What I'm wondering is, where are all these people? How are all these people making it? And then I'm going to say this, and then then maybe you can put the whole thing together. Mm -hmm. What What would you have done if you had not have had the support of your parents. Have you ever thought about how that might have gone? If I if if I didn't have right I'd be homeless, I'd be homeless. I'd be living in my car. This ain't no fucking game, man. Where you can spitbox on Facebook and think you're safe, nigga. All right. Oh, who's that? You picked the wrong goddamn one, homie. Who's that? It's T S S T A F F A. It looks like Um Yeah, I always notice Go to Walmart homeboy. Oh yeah. Can still make sounds. Sounds like a drug addict. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like a gangster drug addict. <laughs> uh, it looks like he's so muted I know I was kind of just really putting a lot out there for you to think about, but it's kind of all-encompassing, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, uh, they got the whole echo going. Um, I think that, like, there, there are other groups, you know, there are Facebook groups, and there are other conference calls, but you know what I what I kind of what what my main uh, instinct on it is is people really don't want to they're they're feeling very paranoid, and they've been by so many people that they would be scared to come into a big group because they they kind of think there's a lot of COINTELPRO and things like that which there are, um, I, but I think that they're they're a little bit scared of that. So they kind of, they hang around the edges 
they may comment on YouTube videos or maybe make some of their own YouTube videos. Um, they may come visit the calls but not stay long uh, because they just have a different, kind of a different view. And I think it's a lot of TIs. I think it's a lot of TIs. I just that. wonder what their lifestyle is. You know, I mean, I know what I went through. And, um, oh, wow. I, I mean, I would have been dead if I hadn't yeah. kept going the way I was going. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just wonder how many people are like that. I think I think there are a lot that are out there right now living in cars and they're not connected to the community. Um, and they may make a YouTube video here or there, but there may be some who, who don't even have that. You know, they know that there's a larger community, but they're maybe being tortured so um, that they're kind of afraid to come and talk about it on the calls. So I think there's a lot, I mean, thousands and thousands of TIs, maybe more than that. You know, who are just they're they're living a horror, like uh, you know, a horrible nightmare day to day. And I think that's the kind of people who, you know, um, well, some of them, a small small percentage, like point zero zero one percent, who we hear some shootings about that, where they can't get connected to a group and they don't feel safe with anybody, you know. And then you got that point zero zero one percent of those people who, you know, happens. I think the the majority of people who don't get hooked up to a group or aren't aren't really trying to stop it and are kind of confused as to what's going they're just being attacked by mobs and weapons and they don't really know you know I think they end up you know maybe living in their cars I think a lot of them end up in mental institutions for you know for for the unseen future you know um, well it's amazing to me um uh I knew a lot of people, a whole lot of people, and I still know them. But I think people just feel so inadequate about, well, what can I do to help? Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems to me like um, that aspect needs to be put out there to people, you know, how they can help the targeted individual. Yeah, and that's what, like, I mean, that's what my parents say. They say, well, we believe you, but we, what can we do? You know, we feel helpless. We can't do anything. And me that's and Terry what, were talking about it. We, You know, it's it's like we, we, I guess what we have to say to them is just be there. Just believe me and just be there for me. That's number one. But if you want to go further, say, help me create awareness about it. You know, call some local news stations and say, you know, you've heard about this targeting thing. Or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, and hand out some flyers for me, you know. Support the activism of, of bringing this out into the public, you know. Right. Um, and um, I think, um, I don't know if it could ever happen, but, you know, TIs uh, at least living in proximity of each other more, uh, whereas if one was getting hit really serious rather than be walking around looking for it or, you know, in their car or whatever, to be able to go over and sleep on someone's couch and then vice versa, you know, mix it up and then wouldn't the perpetrators have a much harder time hurting everybody or is having the perfect world? Yeah, I don't know. Like I've I've uh, been around another TI, 
they kind of just stayed with his stuff on him, and I got my attacks, and they didn't really cross over. Um, but then I heard about, you know, like Brian Coffrin went to stay with um, Desiree, and her targeting had almost completely disappeared. And then because he's around, she started getting targeted uh, extra hard. You know, so I, I, you know, I think it, it just depends on the people who, you know, are attacking the TIs. Are they gonna Are they gonna decide to work together, uh, you know, and try and work people against each other? Or are they just gonna stick to those people's individual programs? I think sometimes that's kind of a crapshoot, you know. Yeah, I feel like it. I mean, I don't know. I because I I've never lived with another TI, but I've hung around another TI, and I didn't get anything of what he was getting, and he didn't get anything that I was getting. There was no cross, um, you know, cross bits or anything like that. Yeah, um, you both but, look like your nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a double whammy for sure. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I would think, you know, because I was thinking about there was a time when there was a TI who was going to come stay with me, and I was thinking it would be better because at least we would we could talk about it together. We, when when gang stalkers saw us together, you know, it it wouldn't just me be, be either of us wouldn't be just isolated. So they would think twice about the gang stalking, gang stalking two people, um, and it would maybe confuse things with the program. Um, you know, so I always, I, I think that we need to do it. You know, we need to live close to each other. If not with each other, we need to live like in, in the cert, in the same area, you know, um, so we can be there to help each other physically, you know. So are people trying to move toward that more? I think so. I mean, I, you know, right now, okay, I'm in Louisiana, you know, I know, I know a couple of other TIs, um, and, you know, I've let one of them stay with me for a while. Like, he did stay with me for a while, but it was just kind of like, um, you know, the same things that he was getting before he came were happening to him. Same thing that uh, was happening to me before was happening to me. Um, so right now, it's like I'm just trying to kind of hold down my own stuff. Um, and and I know of the TIs in my area, but they're not, they're not looking to do anything like that. But then again, you've got... Um, that guy who's that Michael Sweeney, yeah, um, where where he's he's got a place where he like uh, you know talks to TIs and they're all living in a community. I mean, I think oh, that he has that up and running. There yeah. were two communities. One he left, and then so it's the, I think he had what a few people living there wherever this other one is. Right. It's very like I mean he he has to. Uh, through a very stringent process of, of elimination, you know, he only lets specific TIs in. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we should have something a little bit better than that. Um, it sounds pretty primitive. Um, yeah. One lady, I don't know if his is that primitive, but um, one of the TI women was involved that way, and uh I mean, she's like pioneer, you know, living off the land and just, I don't know if she's getting your water from the stream or what, but it sounded pretty, pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
don't know. So, we need to start. We need to start moving that way, though. Like living near each other. It's just, it's hard for us all because you know our finances are bad, and you know my, and so it's just it's hard to just pick up and and go somewhere, you know. Yes, I do know. Mm. Um, yeah. Well. Uh, thank you. I appreciate your interview. It's really good, and mm. and um, well, thanks a lot for everything. All right, I really appreciate you. Um, and I'll I'll go ahead. I'll unmute you when, whenever we just have uh, start having an open call. And I I'm gonna have an after call tonight. So. Probably, probably try and finish these questions out, and then, uh, and then we can move over to my room. Okay. All right, Donna. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Let's go to who is next? Who will ask a very good question? Ask me anything. Don't hold back. Anything you want. Go to uh, West Maryland. Maryland, you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey. Cal? Do you have a Hi. question or something you want, wanted to talk about? I do have a question. My name is Cheryl. I'm new to mm-hmm. the community. Still trying to figure things out here. Yeah. But um, I, I thank you so much um, for what you're sharing. Um, I kind of stumbled on um, the community as a whole because I was so frantic. Everything started for me um, probably when I realized what was going on. It was the last week uh, in May. I had just moved to a brand new apartment. Um, I don't want to go into all of that because my question is this. Um, I did get out of the lease that I was in and I'm actually in a transition home um, to look for a new new place to live. And I was just wondering, how do you even begin to figure out a a place to go when you know that this program is going to follow you wherever you go? Uh, Well, that's the thing, uh, Cheryl. I've moved, um, let's see, one... Two, three, four, five times, uh, and in those five times that I've moved, um, it's only really gotten worse. You know, um, they've moved it to entirely hitting me with remote, like from cell phone towers and not many ground weapons. But um, I've never been able to move and get away from it. Um, yeah, but I think. Like I don't, I don't know. It's like you gotta kind of use your own instincts, and um, right. you know, I think it was a good idea. You know, when I moved away from that house where some of the neighbors were helping, I think that was at right. oh, they were hitting me remotely, and it still hurt right. me just as much. But at least I knew that people around me weren't. So, um you've got to kind of cater your own situation uh, to to what you think is is happening. Like if 
another lady on the call the other night. She uh, she was in an apartment. She she heard something above her, and they're moving it around and hitting her very hard. Then she moved to another place in the same apartment complex, and she heard the same exact thing, and they were still hitting her that hard. So she thinks in her head, okay, they just moved the equipment to that apartment, and they're doing the same thing. But in my head, I'm thinking with V2K, that like my my room above me is empty. There's nobody that lives there. But they can make it sound like somebody's moving equipment up there. They can make it sound right. like he's walking around. I mean, and it sounds right. very real. I mean, it, they're throwing the sound to where it sounds like there is a guy walking up there. Uh, so right. stuff is so tricky. Um, I you know the the moving thing. I I just. I've, I've, but I've heard about, you know, I've heard success. There is a success story. Uh, Dr. Matt, you know, moved from, from Canada down here uh, because he had been targeted for, like, how long have you been targeted, Cheryl? You know, um, every time I think back, initially I thought, of, and then I thought back and I said, no, this started in January. I think back, and I keep going further. I'm starting to wonder, this is something that began when um, I was actually a teenager or before, um, because there's just too many different things coming up as I listen to uh, the community talk about their experiences. And I'm thinking, this is, I've experienced this too, and it's just, so odd and so strange. Um, and, and I think that I, when I was born, I had a hernia operation at six months. And um, somewhat a sickly child, I, I listened to you talk about it. However, uh, I go into the military. I um, served in the military for a short period of time. Um, my family, you know, has served in the military, you know, to some capacity, not necessarily careers, but um, so I don't know. I just, right now, there's just so much information I'm trying to learn and, and so many things I'm trying to learn right now. And at the same time, you know, with the fierce attacks and things, just trying to survive. <laughs> And then um, with your, you know, your finances getting hit here and there. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's been tough, but I'm just so thankful that um, you and others are out there um, where I can tune in. Um, I did want to say someone asked a comment about other TIs not participating. And I think that Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a little tough when you're brand new. Um, you come on and, you know, it takes a while before someone gets to you to ask a question. And I have literally, um, things have been so fierce sometimes, I have literally fallen asleep and not um, because I'm tired. It's just that you finally get some comfort out of voices, people who you you hear their stories, and it just makes you feel more at ease, and you can relax a little bit and breathe a little bit, um, even though the attacks yeah. are still going on. 
Um, so I've fallen asleep just trying to hang in there times, but uh, I can't. Oh, I fall asleep so many times with calls going and just leave it on, leave people talking on. Um, and it's comforting, you know, because cause right. we're kind of we're isolated. I mean, I, I, I was able to kind of go out with friends and keep my social life for a couple of years, but, you know, the torture just got so bad, my body got run down. To where this right. is um, the place that I come talk to people. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, but um, that was basically my question. Um, I just thank you so much for sharing your story. It just illuminated a lot of things that um, I was just pondering in my mind, trying to put the pieces together. And um, so I'll I'll keep listening to you. Okay, Cheryl, uh, and just my... if, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, just uh, email me at vulcanwolverine at gmail.com. Okay, I will um, be doing that. And I could maybe help you with some defenses or things that could just, you know, like supplement. Um, yeah. Or get, yeah. get you out. Dave CD. Dave CD really, really helps to, uh, to stop a lot of the stuff they're doing. Okay. Um, I think um, my mail has been interfered with as well. From Dave, and I haven't gotten it yet, and it's been three weeks almost. Sometimes he takes a while because I think he's sending out so many. Um, so I wouldn't. I would just send him another text and say, "Hey, I haven't gotten mine. Are you still sending it out?" He has so many to send out that, you know, yeah, I remember I know. It, took, it took a month to get mine from him. Oh, okay. Then. Yeah, yeah. It, took, it took a long time. But when you get when you get that, try and listen to it as much as you can in the beginning. Um, okay. And then when you start to get some relief, then at least uh, for upkeep, you know, listen to it all night long. Try and listen okay. to it all night long. All right. All right I will. Thank okay, you so well, much. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. All right, let's see. Who has a good question? Good question. Southeast Michigan. Hey, Southeast Michigan. You there? Hey, Southeast Michigan, just press star eight again if you want to ask a question or add it. I'm going to go to Washington State. Is that you, Lonnie? You there? I think some people may have walked away from the phone. Would that be Allie? Allie. I'm sorry, Allie. I have it. Washington State. Well, Kyle, it's just been absolutely incredible listening to you, and you are simply going through what you are and everything and becoming a hero warrior for the truth. I think we And what are. I would like to know, um, are you familiar with Builder Rejected? And uh, the yes. uh, recent video they put out on October 20th about gang, gang stalking and voice V2K testimony by a private security whistleblower. Who was, that, happened, um, was that Brian Coffrin? Um, I don't know because uh, 
the fellow that a builder rejected said, I'm not sure why, but he has a lawyer and pursuing his litigation. His website is still up with his real name and pseudonym, but I'm reluctant to share it here. So I added a ton and added. Um, it's okay. one hour, 17 minutes and 56 seconds. And what so that's really, the YouTube? really cons- Pardon? Is that, is that the YouTube channel Builder Rejected? Um, uh, yeah, I guess it is YouTube. Because okay, it says, well, it says share. Uh, I don't see a YouTube on there. I just see a share for Facebook. But what really bothers me is in it, uh, and of course he's here in Seattle, and that just scares the living, you know, what out of all of us around here, is that the gang stalkers are even stalked with V2K. Yeah, I, I found that video. Um, I think that is Brian Coffrin that you're talking about. Um, but he recently came out with some videos interviewing himself with a different accent. And uh, the TI community, you know, we, we need to listen to that. He may have been telling the truth, uh, but lately he's been putting out stuff that's discredited him a, a little bit. Um, I personally I personally think that he's a TI who kind of came up? He is with a TI. Story. He says he is. Right, right. See, but but he uh, he made a bunch of videos where he actually edited it up. He was like interviewing himself. So Brian Coffin would talk, and then he'd have himself using a Bostonian accent answering the questions. So he did some things that were a little bit discredited, and we're trying to figure out why he did that. So right now with his story, like his story is incredible, that he was a security guard and on the other side of all this technology. Um, but now he, he's lost a little bit of credibility, especially with me. Uh, and I think that he did work at SIS, but I think he's just a normal TI who kind of thought it would be a good idea to say that SIS was doing all this. So we're still trying to kind of figure that out. I guess we, we still do need to listen to his information. Um, it might be true. It might be true. But just, uh, I don't know, be careful with that one. Um, well, thank you for the heads up on that. Uh, be you know, because uh, I do a lot on this uh, wireless technology. I'm a former elected official, uh, a water commissioner, who, uh, doing my due diligence, uh, got into this way, way back early uh, when they started putting uh, smart meters and cell towers on water and sewer districts. And uh, believe me, that's really taken me into a lot of places, uh, uh, including being involved with uh, a couple, Josh DeSoul and Cal Washington. And we now have gone public on our website, empowermovement.com, on how to fill out notices of liability. And uh, I'm part of the seed group in Seattle. There's two other groups, one in Kelowna, B.C., uh, one in Detroit, Michigan, uh, that have been trying uh, we're using this process of do- serving notice of liabilities on the people that are causing uh, us harm, especially uh, those installing the smart meters. So um, I've worked on this uh, uh, diligently, and um, I'm now that I'm no longer an elected official and on my own, um, I'm all about safe, clean water, safe, clean energy, because. It's the water and energy that sustain all living things, and that's Creator's way. And anybody who uh, does not respect Creator's way needs to be taken down. 
I think you're exactly right. I think that's awesome that y'all are. Uh, you know, so what's the what's the form called? That well, on? that's just my message that I've been delivering, and I have spoken to Ella in the past, but uh, I speak mm-hmm. on uh, several uh, telephone conferences with my messages about safe, clean water and safe, clean energy because that goes down to impacting the the the, the blood and the cells in our blood and our water in our bodies. And you well, can, know, that. can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? What's your name? I'm sorry. Allie. 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 Can I ask you a question? Okay, so say a targeted individual has a smart meter on their house. What's the best way to get them to take that off and give them an analog meter? Would you, would you know that? Would you? Well, there is really no way. And, you know, they say that you can do an opt-out, but that's an illusion. Because if you live uh. on a an apartment building uh, that has 40 apartments and 40 different smart meters, removing one of them won't make a difference. So that's completely an illusion. There's no way that you can stop it. But I think one thing that is interesting that I have just shared um, is now um, the disclaimer that insurance companies are now adding uh, to uh, their policies that they will no longer cover any fires or health problems or anything uh, from uh, the smart meters or uh, uh, that are attached to the homes. Yeah, and, and you know about Lloyd's of London, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very, very deep into this. Fortunately, um, I, well, we're all targeted <laughs> because we're, the whole world has been put into a microwave, but some yeah. of us worse than others, and you, you to an extreme amount, uh, me very minimal. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing uh, how people just can't wake up to this. Yeah, and it's like yeah, the I'll, 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 I'll give you a good example. Um, where I have my car serviced at a Burien Toyota dealer, across the street in a row there are four cell towers. When I was having my car service the other day, I walked across the street to first stop oil pit, or first pit of oil, stop, I don't know, it would, please get your oil changed, with my smog meter. And uh, it was you know, right way up into the high range, <laughs> danger zone. And uh, the guys in the base were kind of looking at me like, what's this crazy lady doing out there with that thing in her hand? So I walked <laughs> over to him and I just uh, said to the fellows, are any of you getting sick? And one of them said, funny you'd mention that. Every time I come to work, I throw up two or three times. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I, I handed them the public health warning cards about it and hopefully woke those people up. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, basically... Um, well, it is now in pending we litigation to, in being called criminal assault by radiation. We need to start calling them what they are, death towers. It is. It's criminal mm-hmm. assault by radiation, any way you look mm-hmm. at it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I, I go into town here. I've got a, a death tower about uh, 300 yards uh, in front of my condo and then 200 yards behind me. And I'm pretty sure this is what, um, you know, what's hitting me is being routed through those cell phone towers. But then I go into town, I go into these uh, big places with supermarkets, you know, all these little stores, like right on the corner where all this traffic comes through. There's this huge, like three huge towers right in the middle of it, um, all where all these people work and drive by. And that is, it's killing all of them. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know... 
transmitting microwave uh, non-ionizing radiation out to everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's kind of interesting, and uh, we had a situation where I I live um, down below me. I live on a sort of on a cliff, but below me is a, a beach and a marina, a beach park and a marina. And last summer, uh, we became a hot spot for Pokemon Go. Oh yeah, and that's well the the DHS fusion centers in Infragard. Basically, the way that they are harassing us, I think, is a uh, like a horror movie Pokemon Go. You know, well, they... yes, and uh, it, it got to the point where it was uh, creating so much chaos in our city um, and and crime um, that the police chief and the harbor master and myself went to our city council, and when I spoke first, um, I, I told them. Uh, that Pokemon Go uh, was nothing but uh, uh, an experiment. Uh, the first one uh, was getting that cell phone, that smartphone, in all of their hands, which was actually a self-directed weapon shooting electromagnetic radiation microwave frequencies at them. And so once that they have clever, uh, covered the globe, that everyone has one of those smartphones, they wanted to see how well it works. So their next experiment was Pokemon Go, and it went global immediately. They knew they were yeah. a success. And you know that's training. I mean, that's training for these young people to eventually GPS real human beings. Yeah, know? yeah. And the sad thing is, um, uh, after they heard me and then the, the police chief and the harbor master, uh, the uh, city council made a, a motion not only to ban Pokemon Go in the location where it was, but in the entire city. And it was seconded immediately, and it passed unanimously. We, I was so excited, I couldn't believe it. But we waited because it went to the city attorney, and two weeks later, uh, the city and the harbor master started a Facebook page and welcomed, uh, welcomed the Pokemon Go players to our, our, our little town and said, please follow our rules. Mm. Well, because what we found, you cannot opt out of Pokemon Go because Pokemon Go has nothing to do with the locations. It's just the game. Google is the one. They look at their map. They look at the wide open green spaces and say, oh, let's make that a hot spot. Oh, so Google is the one who's picking the spot. Yep. Where they, where it's, where they, that's very extremely suspicious right there. Yep. <laughs> We know that the CIA runs Google. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just so admire you for staying strong and uh, doing what you're doing and being a real hero warrior for truth. So thank you. Thank you, you Allie. And I thank you, too, for, for getting your truth out, too, and um, getting these forms out to people so we can get them on the defense. We have to get the people who are doing this on the defense. Well, yes, and, and one of the big issues for me that I really work on is uh, the Wi-Fi in the schools uh, because what we're doing to our children and uh, all the work that I do, it's I, I say it's for the children and the babies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there, you know, there are cell phone towers right near schoolyards, but then they are actually directing direct experimentation is being done from babies in the womb to you know to every age. You know, so they're actually directly experimenting on children with this stuff too. 
other than other than you know the death towers putting out uh, non-ionizing radiation that's giving them all cancer. I worked for uh, you know Dream Day Foundation, which was uh, you know writing grants for, and there's like, like you know every year uh, at least two different new cancers coming out for two-year-olds. You know, so what does that tell you? Well, yes, and you've you got to look at the, the levels of the diseases. You know, when I, I was an elected official doing my due diligence, um, you know, the, the first thing that I started investigating was water fluoridation. Uh, second was the, the geoengineering of our skies, uh, and then came the uh, cell towers and smart meters. And what I discovered was all three of them worked in synergy with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the calcium intake and everything that happens. So uh, they're really missing with the DNA and all the cells and molecules of our bodies. And all these, the, like, the, so those three parts are compartmentalized. They're all doing that. So the people who are kind of doing it don't understand the big picture. But the people up above them understand that when you combine these things, all those deadly, deadly factors are put in together. I mean, it's carefully planned out. This is carefully planned out soft kill. Oh, it it really is. And if you really think about our medical profession, what have they done to the body? They've separated it into three parts, Um, the the dentist, the doctor, and the brain doctor. Mm -hmm. And uh, none of the doctors are equipped to even integrate all of this. They, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're, they're so disconnected from each other. Deadly thing that's ever happened in the world is so much compartmentalization, where the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. You know. Yeah. Well, I think it's really great that uh, education about this. You can now uh, that's in universities. You can get CME credits for it. Um, and if uh, there are some doctors that can diagnose the people as being, uh, I don't like the way they use the word electro hypersensitive because there is no such thing. It's it's electrocution. So, but uh, uh, because it can be, you can be diagnosed as being electro-hypersensitive, you qualify for the American's Disability Act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know a TI who did that. I actually, I was going to try that, but since I had Crohn's and then the psychiatrist put delusional disorder on me, so um, I used that to get disability. I had to get disability like three years ago. I tried to work through this. They were doing V2K and, tor- and like burning my body while I was trying to write grants for St. Jude. I mean, that tells you how much these people do not care, like how good of a person you are, uh, how good you are for your community. That has nothing to do with it. And as a matter of fact, I think there's an inversion there. If you are good for your community and you are a good person and you'll always do the right thing, then they're they're kind of worried about you. You know, they need to take you out. So. Yeah, well, really anything that's bad. good, they try and turn it into bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's been, sort of been the story of history. Yeah, I agree. Oh, so, and, you know, shame on them because uh, we should have had free energy instead of the energy we've got. Yeah, but so many people are making money off of the, uh, you know, fossil Well, that's just it. That's why we don't have free energy because there was no profit in that. Yeah. We're going to get there, though. I mean, the elite. Well, no, yeah, because they're going down. They're going down. It's happening. They're doing such draconian things and such horrible atrocities that, uh, you know, when the mainstream public shakes their head and rattles their brain finally and says, hold on, my children are going to are being killed right now. 
you know, I, I think that we're going to have a lot of people really fighting this. Like, we're going to have people on both sides, us being attacked, and even some of these people, um, you know, I think they're, they they don't like what's going on. I think they're going to come out and speak out. I think this is a dam getting ready to burst. We just have to quicken it. We have to keep quickening it, quickening it, quickening it. You know, well, I, I think we are gaining, uh, but I, I knew, do know that... Uh, I also gotten very involved with the Navy's electromagnetic training on uh, Woodby Island up on our Washington coast here. And uh, I, I participated with uh, people that lived up there uh, on many different venues from town halls and uh, uh, city council meetings, even in a U.S. district court over the noise from the growlers and uh, the judge denied them. Couldn't believe that. And uh, I went to the uh, U.S. Forest listening sessions because uh, at that time they were reviewing their uh, Forest Service plan. And my message hey, to Allie, the... Hey, uh, Allie, Allie, I got to run into the ba- uh, bathroom I'll, I'll just real quick. I'll end this up real quick. Yeah, was keep going, my, keep going. My, right. my message to uh, all these three-letter agencies involved with the uh, uh, Navy and the Forest Plan and all of that, I told them that if we do not address, uh, or if we do not stop the, ge- the, uh, the geoengineering and address the electromagnetic radiation and microwave frequency, nothing else we do will matter because we'll all be gone. So that's why I'm really adamant, and uh, uh, now that I'm on my own with my volunteer work and my public service and everything uh, ended up and I'm, I'm retired, I work full-time at exposing this truth. For safe, clean water, safe, clean energy. And with that, I yield. And thank you. Hey, thank you, Allie. I had to. I had to take a bathroom break. Sorry about that. But thank you so much for the hard work you're doing. Oh, oh. Well, did you hear what I said, though? I didn't hear the end. Oh, just that if we do not stop the geoengineering and address the electromagnetic radiation and microwave frequencies, nothing else we do will matter because we'll all be gone, including them. And they don't realize what they do to the web, they do to themselves. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, sometimes I think like we need to, you know, show the dangers of all that. But it's almost it's not urgent enough for people that they can get cancer from these cell phone towers. So I, I sometimes feel like um, if we can drive our cause home, directly being targeted with these things, much can hurt when somebody just stays on you with these frequencies. Then it could show people the urgency of of like you know our smartphones, uh, you know our modems, uh, computers, uh, these these cell phone towers. I, I you know I feel like they go hand in hand. You know, if yeah, we well, what if they roll out the, the 5G? Day, oh, well, yeah, well, they're, they're already rolled out with 5G. Well, in some places, out. but uh, oh. yeah. it, it, it's total and, insanity. It, yeah, that's, I mean, that's death. I mean, because with, with 5G, uh, there's there's more potential for, uh, you know, these frequencies to, to uh, go through walls easily. There's just so many more dangers from 5G, and it, because they're making so much money, you know all the all the safety guidelines and safety agencies that are supposed to hold them accountable. You know they're just like, well, they're making money, and they 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 pay them off. 
you know, they pay these agencies off to pass it on through. Well, yes. Well, in the meantime, they have addicted people to the wireless technology because they have taken our control away from everything and given it to that stupid thing you hold in your hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I first realized that when the first handheld GPS came out. I was a sailor. Uh, I knew what navigation was all about, and looking at that thing in his hand, I knew it was going to change navigation, and I was glad that I knew how to uh, navigate off of charts because uh, I could see it all going away, and I I wondered what else are they going to put on there. Well, would you Noah quit printing charts over five years ago? You can still get them online and print your own out, and some of the old uh, marine distributors still have them in their chart drawers, but uh, you can't, NOAA does not produce them anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they've Wi Fi'd every boat just like they've Wi Fi'd every car now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's just taken over. Um, yeah, and they just made the, and, and the masses are addicted to it. You know, try and take a cell phone away from a kid and see how long it takes before they start screaming. Yeah, yeah. It's an addiction, and it's destroying yeah. our culture. I think it is. and I mean, they can put a lot of these frequencies through cell phones and things like that. You know, yeah, and bring on artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, we've just got to show the public the most urgent things and then tie it in, connect the dots, uh, to things that they have in their own home. And I think that people will eventually look at their children and say, this isn't worth it, and we've got to fight back. You know, Even the people who are you know, regulating the stuff and letting it go through, they'll look at their children after so many people are dying from it, um, and there will be a backlash. You know, yes, and, and, you know, and I think a lot more people are waking up because of you and the fine work that you're doing. And uh, I would like you to give your email address again, if you can. Yeah, Allie, send me an email, Vulcan uh, uh, Wolverine. So, like, Vulcan Spock, uh, V-U-L-C-A-N, and then Wolverine, W-O-L-V-E-R-I-N-E, mm-hmm. uh, at com. Send me an email, because I'd like to help you out with the stuff you're doing. Well, I, I I think it's we need to help each other out because uh, you know when there's two that get together, <laughs> even more no, you know. It's, oh yeah. Uh, and you know when you're, you're doing all this many videos and and posting them, I haven't seen them. I say tonight's the first time I've heard you, and you just literally took my breath away. Thanks, Allie. Yeah, check out my my YouTube page is Vulcan Wolverine, like my email, but there's a space in between it. Uh, and I've made over 600 videos. It's uh, it's mainly about you know uh, being tortured by directed energy weapon systems, and uh, also showing a little bit of vehicular harassment, and then showing what other TIs are doing. Um, you know, so so check it out. Um, yeah, oh, I I know several TIs that I'm in communication with. So, and I do actually know a lot of one that's living in her car. I, I thought I'd heard you before on the calls, Allie. Have you been on other calls? Your voice just sounds familiar. Well, yes. Um, I, I was. A, I think I was a guest on, on this call quite a while ago, but um, I, I have a, another group that I'm involved with where their calls also are on Tuesday and Thursday evenings. 
And uh, the Thursday evenings is kind of a 101 for this group, so I I got off that yeah. call um, and because I was getting kind of bored with hearing what I'd always heard and decided I needed to get on this call instead this evening. Yeah, well, you're always welcome. This is Ella's call, but I have an after call after this. You're more than welcome to come on there anytime. We can yeah, and it was fire. Connie that I think really got me onto this. Oh, Connie's awesome. Connie's so awesome. I talk to her all the time. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've been meaning to call her. So, yeah. All yeah. right, Allie. I'll so thank you. you later. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll be in touch. Okay, definitely. And I'll uh, email, let somebody else have the floor now. I've taken right, up too Allie. much time. Well, thank you for your contribution. Thank you. All right, so who's next? Who wants to ask me a question? I'm just going to go by the numbers, guys. Uh, New York? You there, New York? Hello? Hi, Hi Kyle. It's Ann. Hey, Ann. Hi. Kyle, hey. you know, I so appreciate you going into so much detail. So many times people will say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, get, I'm getting B2K or... Uh, remote neural monitoring, but they don't go into detail. So you Mm -hmm. really don't have a baseline. Like, you know, am I going through the same thing? I I think in the beginning I used to just um, assume that we were all going through the same stuff. But then, you know, by listening and like, oh, no, we're not. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. I am losing my hair as if I'm under chemo. Okay, I mean, I'm losing my hair, and it's not funny. Um, mm. Occasionally, someone will say, oh, yeah, I have less hair. But, no, this is serious. This is a lot of hair, okay? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm just giving you an example. I, I, but I do have a question for you. I, I just want to get that out, and thank you for going into so much detail. Comment, like your comment, like I, I know that sometimes maybe some TIs Try not to go into so much detail if we're against non-TIs. But what you just said, that's why I do it. Because I know that if there's another TI out there experiencing this stuff, it E2Ks coming off, um, you know, they'll be like, oh, wow, that's that's happening to me. They'll be able to figure out more about what's happening to them. Like this guy, um, oh, I can't, uh, Richard Burton, did an interview with Ramola D, and he I went into know. so much. Did you see I that? Know. No, I it, didn't watch it. I printed it out. I've been reading it. I got up to part. I I didn't read part three yet. Um, uh-huh. but I didn't actually watch it. I didn't have you know th- check, that. Extra well, check time. it out. Check it out because you know I have B2K, and a lot of people say you know I have B2K, but they don't go into a lot of detail about um, what the people on there are doing and saying and how they're doing it. Um, and he went into a lot. I realized when he was talking, he spoke of two protocols that they were doing. One was the man and the woman talking to each other about, you know, about him and about right. the targeting. Right. And then another one was, uh, you know, uh, them talking directly to him. And saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, Dick, if you do this, uh, we'll do this. And I realized that my protocol was the first thing he went through. Uh, and then I knew another TI with V2K who kind of spoke in detail. It was that exact protocol 
that he was being given. So I was like, wow, you know, it, it kind of it, it connected the dots for me a lot. So I feel like it really Sometimes I think it maybe loses us a few points with non-TIs who were trying to say, hey, this is happening. Uh, but I kind of sacrificed that, you know, to, to get us all knowing what we're going through, you know. Yeah, I think I was on the call for about, I don't know how long, a few months, and just assuming that everybody's getting the same thing. And then I heard somebody say, yeah, when they were talking about um, uh, remote neural monitoring. I mean, I could have a think, I could have a think conversation with them, right? And then someone mm-hmm. says, oh, they can't read your thoughts. Oh, no. They, and I was like, oh, my God, you don't know. <laughs> I mean, you've yep. been at TI for so long, and you don't know this? Well, you know, okay, well, our, our targeting is different. I mean, apparently it is. But we have no way of knowing that if people don't go into detail about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why I so appreciate you doing that. And with his, with that interview that we're talking about with Burton, I did think of you mm-hmm. when, you know, the first interview, because it, it's in three parts. Uh-huh. And I thought of you, and I thought of Frank. Yeah, and just, I, so I emailed him right away, and I I told him you have to watch this interview. Well, listen, whatever. I I so Frank gets V two, he gets audible V two K. He yeah, that's what he says he does. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Like, see, I I miss his call on Wednesday because I go to a faith based call, and then uh-huh. I'm usually not up for his Friday call. I've got to get to Frank's calls. I get to some of them, but not enough. And he yeah. he's just he's doing a great job. Like he's doing a great job of trying to research it and some good calls, informational calls. Really got to support him more. Yeah. Okay. Now here's my question. Mm-hmm. Do you ever shake your head? Like, what is the what will happen if you shake your head? You know, when the dog is wet and it comes into the house and it shakes vigorously. Mm-hmm. Shake your um, head and tell me what happens. <laughs> Okay, we'll see. Doing it now. Kind of the the ringing changed. Uh, I don't get a I don't get massive ringing if I'm listening to Dave CD a lot. But what uh-huh. happened is I heard a little bit more ringing in in the left side, like it kind of changed up a little bit. But the okay. V2, the V two K stayed like it sounds like it's coming from my left wall. Like they've been talking through this whole thing, you know. Oh. See, I've never heard anybody address that before, and I've never asked anyone that before. But when I shake my head, I hear a tuning fork. Okay. You do? Um, That's kind of what happened. That's kind of because it was like I didn't hear any ringing when I wasn't shaking my head, but I heard the uh-huh. V2K. I shook my head, and I heard a little – I heard like, like the tinnitus kind of sound, not like really, really, really loud – uh, but I heard it for a couple of seconds, like 15 seconds. Like it was reconfigure or something like that. Yeah, that's that's really weird. A, tu- a tuning fork. Like I think, um, what's her name? I think Cece said something like when you're a kid and they give you that ear test with the metal, maybe it's likened to that. Or huh. with me, it actually feels like it's a loose, like something went loose when I shake my head. And um, yeah, I like that. Different. It's different. Totally. The sound is totally different. It's yeah. A, yeah. It's, it's really wild. But I've never heard anyone 
talk about it. So I think this would well, be my opportunity to ask you. <laughs> well, and Anne, Anne, you're very smart and you're very so you need to bring up some stuff that that maybe you're you're like trying to figure out because that will that will make a call that will put out so much good information on a call where everybody says, oh, I didn't know that. So you know, never you know, always you know, always throw in things because you're very well, insightful. Well, I don't know if you you probably don't remember, but I was the person that said to you, um, Kyle, when you were talking about the him and her couple, you know, the the kids, and I said, mm-hmm. Kyle, it's typical bad cop, good cop. Yep. I don't yeah. know if you remember that was me. But I I remember. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think you're exactly right. They yeah. they do it. So, I mean, it's it's it. They've been doing it for so long that they've gotten pretty good at it gotten very good at the surveillance role playing to where I still even though I know it's surveillance role playing uh they they factored in that I think it's surveillance role playing to the surveillance role play I mean so I don't know what kind of actors they got you know on my shifts um I know they do chatterbox a lot but I know they are there to put in stuff you know actually in real time but they've got some pretty good actors on me you know, it's a. Uh, it's they certainly bizarre. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. But um, well, anything else you want to add or anything? Are you gonna no. um? Wow. Are you gonna Are you gonna be up for my late call? Are you gonna? Uh, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try to stay up. Uh, you don't. You don't have to if you don't. I'm just saying if you want to come. You know, I cool. like to come. <laughs> okay. I will. Um. Yes. I I will be there. Just maybe maybe for a couple minutes or something. Just come yeah. by. Yeah. All right, okay. Anne. All right. Well, I'll unmute you. Uh, I'm just gonna go through a couple more questions, and then uh, we might move over to my room. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, Anne. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Oh, WCA. Hey, Cindy. You there? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to talk, but um, I heard your story, and um, basically, um, didn't know your house got burned down. Sorry to hear that. I've had yeah, was, threats and it was, bomb it was really weird. It was because uh, the the person that moved in with me wasn't a gang stalker, um, she, but she had just gotten released from like a behavioral center uh, for drug abuse. And she was clean and everything like that, and a younger a younger person, and um, it was an accident. Like she accidentally burned my house down, and it really was an accident. So it was my gang stalking. Uh, but then then it was like I had to move out of that house and change everything. Then they were just hitting me remotely, and it um uh, it really kind of turned my life upside down. You know, it had already been really hard with the targeting but yeah it was it i mean it was just burned down no no saving any of it sorry to hear that um it was nice to hear your story i'm hoping that other people will be able to tell their stories too because um not it was against you but there's a lot of other people that have stories and and i'll tell you just the the moderators and the favorites well no i'm just saying well, I'll tell you, Cindy, it was just, you know, I'm doing this, um, 
I'm doing this November video marathon, and, you know, I think Ella didn't have a guest for tonight. She was like, you know, she called me, I think, 15 minutes before the show and was like, hey, you want to just come on and tell your story and talk about your... Oh, your, yeah. It's because of, of the video marathon thing. What's and the yet, video I mean, marathon? Well, I'm on YouTube, I make I make a lot of videos, informational videos about our targeting. For the right. month of November, I'm doing a challenge where I'm going to make 30 or more videos for the month of November. And it's called oh, wow. the, okay. the November Video Marathon 2017. I'm on day nine, and I've made uh, 11 videos so far. And I'm trying to, like, show people Terry's website go through some of Brian 2's information, you know, talk about what other TIs are doing, give some testimonials, get vehicular stalking evidence, kind of just, and it's really, it's supposed to be a symbol. Um, you know, I'm p- trying to put out good information, but it's, it's a well, symbol Well, you know, that, in that, that there's a lot of um, rare TIs that never come on the mic that would love to tell their story too. And I, that's what I think some people would want to hear too is uh some of the ones that hardly ever speak, you know? I think Ella's going to get to that. You know, she's always looking for more people to interview, and she'll she'll let anybody come on and tell their story. It was just because of that special thing I was oh, yeah, doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can hear. I, I understand. It was an off-the-cuff, just an off-the-cuff thing where she she didn't have anybody coming on. She was like, hey, you want to come oh, on? Oh, yeah, tonight? yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know, good cop, bad cop. We'll have to discuss that on your call because they seem to put you with all the hard to deal with people. <laughs> they, it's my V2K is very complicated, um, and it's evolved. Uh, you what? Know, why? How does that relate to what I said, though? Good cop, back. You said good cop, back cop. Um, I'll I'll tell you I'll talk to you about that what I mean by that later. But um, you're talking about your V2K. That's really hard oh, yeah, for a lot yeah, of people. Because that's what Ann was saying. I have a good cop, and I have a woman who, like, wants to stop and doesn't like it, and then a guy who's like, we've got to put him away. Nobody cares about this. Nobody cares about him. Are you redirecting me away from the challenging remarks I have for the community? No, I was saying that's how how my, what? That's how my V2K works. Redirecting Okay, so um, I didn't get to say what I want to say freely, but, I mean, I did ask you a few questions, so I'll just stand back. Yeah, what did but, you want you know, to say? It'll, it'll be really neat when we all get serious, every single one of us, and um, we uh, learn each other. Um, because just like Anonymous said, there's many people with many stories, and a lot of them right. don't get to come to the mic, and I'd like to see that. Um, well, I would all they, totally I guarantee not... you this. I guarantee you this. If anybody, any TI on on these calls came to Ellen and said, "I want to tell my story one night on your call," she would hook it up. She would hook it up, and she would let them come on and give their story. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Well, um, I I believe you, and I don't. But that's just my opinion. You know, I'm not trying to antagonize. I'm just I'm a challenger. I'm an evangelist. By nature, I'm the, I'm the type that somebody goes in, comes I'm a, on and I'm, says, "I want to talk about uh-huh. something on your call." She doesn't say, "Nah, no, nah, I'm just no, nah, I want to, I want to talk to the people who talk the most." She's trying to give everybody a voice, you know. Well, um, uh, maybe, maybe so, maybe not. You know, I just think that there's work that we all need to do to make this better, to make this okay. uh, support system better. 
Because that's just my thing by nature is I'm an evangelist and I'm the kind that goes into the church and makes them uncomfortable. That's just a natural thing for me. Yeah, but you got you got to remember this though, Cindy. There are a lot of TIs on these calls that are looking for a safe place. They're looking. For oh yeah, a I'm, aware of, and so I'm aware, aware of that. I'm aware of that. Please respect oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Please respect that. Because you're oh, a seasoned TI, and you've got to. I've worked with the abused. Absolutely, that's another job that I've done. I'm an abuse counselor. So I'm just saying. So I'm, I'm just saying when 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 you talk about things that need to be changed and stuff like that. Pick the right venue because we have a lot of TIs on these calls who want a safe place. They want to have a place to come and talk about what's going on with them. They want people. Well, that to doesn't help. need to be worked on because I I don't feel fully safe here. I don't. So there is an issue with that. I don't feel safe. Okay. Okay. I don't. And well, so I will, um, I'll leave the I'll leave I'll, the floor. Huh? Okay. Well, I'll talk to you later, Cindy. Yep. 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 Okay. Thank you for your comments. All right. I'm going to try and get to everybody. Uh, I think at about 11.30 to 11.45, over to my room. Hey, Oregon, is that Amy? Hi, Kyle. It's Amy. Hey, Amy. Hey, I was trying to get to you. I, I, I kept seeing you, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I was just going by the numbers. Okay, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I, uh, I think you have... Um, said on the call many times that you studied film in, in college. Uh-huh. And and it sounds like that's true. Uh, and so uh, so when you make your YouTubes, you're using all your, your skills from um, when you studied film. Is that right? Well, I try to. You know, I want to do better production value because I know that people watch better production value more and it would get our info out better. But it's really kind of just a guerrilla style of uh, reporting what's happening right now. I guess, I mean, I guess I can get a good angle and, and good lighting even on a uh, even on a camera phone, but I really need to work on that. I need to work on better, you know, like when I'm going to do a, a something off of the computer, like getting the camera on the computer and, and, and editing it. But my attackers have made it very hard for me to work with editing programs. Um, so I'm kind of stuck right now doing everything on my phone and uploading on my phone. So yeah, I have some skills. Film. That would be more huh? film if, if you were allowed to do the editing. That would be more like what you studied and, and what you want to do probably, right? Yeah. I mean, I was I was helping Ella with her, um, you know, with her uh, interview, BB interview, and I, was, I got had some great pictures. I edited it really good, the interview. I got that one out, but then I did the John Hall one, and uh, my attackers have made it to where I can edit. Uh, I can edit a project, but when I'm trying to turn it into a video file, uh, that they freeze it up, and I can't do it. Like they can keep me from making that video file. So I've got to. Yeah. I've got to find a way to get past my attackers. Uh, they're yeah. they're hacking into my computer, and I can make yeah. a lot. Yeah, I get the hacking too. I uh, I have my my Garmin sports watch hacked into, and uh, the whole the whole watch is hacked into. And uh, uh, I am thinking about bringing it back to the store and getting a new one, uh, and hope that won't and and pray around the watch and uh, send its blessings so that it won't get hacked into. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so yeah anything electronic has the capability of being hacked as we all know it's really mm-hmm. this, it's just a matter of um 
kind of um, not letting it bother you at this point, I think. Uh, you know, so this way you can go about your, your time with yourself in a more uh, graceful way without getting caught up in, in, in their story. Because their thing is to get you all uh, provoked and agitated and, and focusing in on them. And so by not reacting, by not caring about it, by not caring about it, it's, it's happened after a while, you know, you just you know, I just stopped caring about a lot of stuff because it's, I have no control over what the, what the enemy does, what the criminals do, you know. So, so yeah, you, 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 can, you can definitely find a way to get around it. I mean, you know, I'm sure you can. I'm sure there's a way. I'm really sure there's a way for you to, you know, to, to do your editing without any kind of um, interference, uh, interception, you know. Yeah, I just got to keep on trying to kind of get past them. Um, but I think you're right. It's just not worrying about it. And I don't even see the point of, like, getting a new computer or a new phone because they're just going to hack into those too. So it's kind of yeah. you just got to make do uh, with what you can do. Um, and mm-hmm. then we've just got to stop this. We got to get them off of us, you know. Um, yeah. Because buying yeah. new stuff doesn't seem to help. They hack into that stuff too. Oh, um, I, know, I, I know. was, I was kind of thinking maybe uh, getting a good idea. Um, what just getting what? What just getting what is a good idea? To, to get an uh, an Apple computer. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, hey, just don't leave it alone. Just, just, just don't, don't leave it alone without you watching over it. That the Apple computer. Yeah. Put as much, uh, as much defense as you can in it, and uh, and don't leave it alone. And that's that's probably your best bet. That's probably yeah, your best bet for it. Well, see, I have I I've heard of TIs who've gotten Apple computers, and they, you know, um. You know they still they still get they still hack into them somehow, but then some TIs say that it's harder for them to get into an Apple computer. Some I'm, I'm really not sure. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, I think a long time ago that used to be real true. It used to be very true a long time ago. I don't know about now though. You know, um, I think anything anything electronic is 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 hackable. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that's, you know, and that's not to be a downer about it. I'm just being a realist about re- it. Yeah. That's just the reality of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but anyway, but I, I thank you for your personality. You, you, you surely have a, uh, a radio personality and a very likable personality and, uh, and you're very kind to everyone. You just, um, you just, you're very caring, and you, you're very you're very mindful about what you say to people. You don't want to hurt anybody, and uh, very um, you know you you you're great on on your conference call, and uh, you you this is where you're supposed to be now, Kyle. It's, it's sad that we're all being targeted, but for those of us that have certain skill sets like yourself on on the phone with people on the conference calls. I mean, it's a blessing that you're on the call, so this is definitely have that that talent being on the call. Um, you help you help a lot of people too. Like you help so many people. You get through help them to get through this, but that's I mean that's what we got to do. We just gotta get on these calls, try and understand as much as we can, try and be patient because this stuff can make us so frustrated. 
we just got to be patient with each other and listen to each other and have disagreements but never get into arguments or fights. I think you do a great job, too. I think well, you do a really you. good job. Thanks, Kyle. Well, you know, everyone's like a family. We're like family. PI family, you know? Mm-hmm. We, you know, we vindicate each other, we support each other, we listen to each other, and it's comforting being on the calls all the time. I, I, I don't know what I would do without the calls at this Me point. Me too. I so feel the I'm same just, way. I'm just great, very, very grateful. Very grateful. So so thank you so much, and um, I'll let someone else uh, have the floor for now. <laughs> okay, thank you, Annie. And guys, okay. I think what I'm going to do... Uh, what I'm going to do, everybody, is I'm going to go ahead and move the call over uh, to my room. Uh, it's 142394. Um, so if you didn't get a chance to ask a question, uh, just come on over there, and I'll, um, you know, I'll try and get you unmuted so you can you can comment or ask a question. Um, but let's go ahead and move it over to my room because it's about 11:30 my time, uh, and I did make a video today inviting people. Uh, on YouTube to come to my after call, and I said it would be at 11 p.m. Central, so about 30. It's at so uh, so. Let's go ahead and, and move it to my room 142394. Uh, um, and anybody who didn't get to talk, um, you know, uh, just press star eight when we get over there, and I'll give you a chance to comment or ask a question. All right, guys. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.